The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. I love that. Now, that is... Well, that is Mike McGear. That is me. But, well, but are you Mike McGear anymore? You're Mike... You, you've gone back to... Are you Michael McCartney? Mike McCartney? I, my name is Peter Michael McCartney. And all I have to say... I have to, first of all, has any... No, no, I, I, I know what my name is. <laughs> I'm, re- boys, I'm reading. Your... Has anybody actually apologised for Biddly Biddly Bong? <laughs> That has to be cleared up, <laughs> right or wrong. Uh, uh, it, no one has apologised for. See? I can't find my biddly biddly bong. See? I can bring it live if I, you want. Go on, let's have it. A biddly biddly bong. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> I've got a feeling yes, we won't uh, know what you're talking about, Mike. Oh, I can assure you, you all know what I'm talking about. Now, <laughs> I have to ask you: Are you going to stay awake for this show? Oh shit! Because <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm allowed to say you can say one shit, no more. Okay, if you do another sorry. shit. We'll have to ask you to leave. I'm, sh- I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Because uh, you phoned me up today. It's sounding a little bit worse for wear, with respect. It was your birthday yesterday. It was my birthday. Happy birthday. All day, bless you. Happy own birthday today. Yes. Uh, it was all day, and my wife looked after me. She's a good girl. She's planned London. Wow. Because I live up 
uh, I can't say Liverpool because I now live in the Beverly Hills of Liverpool, across the water, over the water. Okay. My dad used to stand on the side of the underneath the liver berth, and we'd say, "Dad, what's that over there?" on the other side of the River Mersey. And he'd say, that's over the water, son. Wow. Because that was the unobtainable. World away. That's where all the rich people lived. And now you're rich. I know I'm not rich, <laughs> but I'm living over the water beyond my means. <laughs> it's all on the never-never, and that's good. But you went to see a show last night. I did. And being an <laughs> older think, gentleman... I think I did. You fell asleep. Well, it took me back to <laughs> uh, Auntie Dill and I in the Theatre Cluid in Wales yeah. when we went to see one. And it was one of those theatre in the round and you're right on the edge of the stage, yeah. you know. Yeah. And Auntie Dill was getting on, so she had an excuse. I wasn't that old then, I'm that old now. And we both fell asleep during the performance. <laughs> and there's these actors. In the front row. That you, you are as near, you and Kath are as near as the actors. And there's Auntie Dylan like... What was the play, do you remember? God knows. Like the <laughs> one last night. Like Bono was the second bit last night. Chasing Bono. Chasing Bono. I've heard about this. I and would I'm ask sorry. if it's any good, but I, it, you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to go back. I'm sorry, Ian Lafrenet. I'm sorry, Ian. Yeah. Used to know Ian a long time ago. I'll tell you, Ian, if you're listening to this, uh, this is how long it When you lived in Abbey Road. Hey. A million years ago. Did it? Before the commitments, Ian before Lafrenet. Lance. He, he didn't write the live about Likely, did he? no. Likely, no, Lance. Likely, Lance. And uh, commitments. And did he write the commitments? Yeah. I didn't so. know that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're Ian. probably right. Oh, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. And another very famous one. Uh, which I can't remember. But Ian Lefany went to... <laughs> that was funny. We were in... My wife and I were in the House of Blues yeah. in Hollywood, right? Yeah. And I was saying to Ro, I said, I wonder if Ian, Ian Lefany came over here. Uh, and he, I think he lives here now. And it'd be funny if he was here. It's the sort of place he'd come to, mm. this House of Blues. And I swear this one, I honestly... No sooner as the words left my mouth, this I said, Lord, I don't know, no, this can't be happening. God, you work in very weird ways. Because there is the man I used to know as Ian Lafani walking across out a very dark place yeah. with the one armed drummer from Def Leppard. Def Leppard. Yeah. Wow. Walking across this thing. I said, Okay, Lafani, don't talk to your old friend. Mike, bloody hell, what the hell are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. I think blah. that LSD you bought in 1966 is finally kicking in, Mike, because these stories are insane. We're Ex only six minutes in. Excuse me, there is nothing wrong with pounds, shillings and Thank pence. You much, <laughs> Thank you. You, I mentioned the live birds, because I know that you wrote, you did, you wrote the theme tune. Ian, let's put it like this. Go on. Where have you heard that? I'm too young. I don't remember the programme. But my dad... <laughs> okay, of course, that's it. That's, that's the whistle. That's what Alan Cummings said. Right. I did an interview with him, a telly thing. Yeah. And I did that for him, and he shook my hands. Mike, you know Alan Cummings? Like, yeah, great, of course. Yeah, brilliant actor. Brilliant actor. He shook my hands and said, what's that for, Al? Because now I'm on uh, special terms with everyone in the are. world. You know, all the superstars. <laughs> all right, Al, he probably said, no worry, Mick. You know what I mean? He, he, I thought he was Scottish, not I mean, Irish. <laughs> or Pakistani. 
And he, he shook my hand. I said, what's that for? He says, I can get home to Glasgow and tell my mum I yeah. shook the hand of the man that whistled the Liverbird theme <laughs> for 20 years on that telly. Now, you can't say that. I didn't say telly. <laughs> he whispers like me, loud. Now, <laughs> listen, I have been listening to this album, Woman, a lot today. That's a nice album. Oh, do, a... you know, do you know who that is well, on the I, front? Well, I do. Now, because oh, everyone thinks it's a nun. Yes, they do. But it's it's your mum. Me mum. Was she a midwife? She was a nurse. A they, nurse. They are the old... Uh, you can't see it on the radio. Hold up to the radio. There uh, there's a picture, all of you uh, avidly looking, getting your telescopes out. It's a picture of me as a nurse. It's a stunning picture. And a lovely picture. Yeah. Isn't it beautiful. Yeah. How about that for an album? Good. It's a great album. <laughs> but, but everyone for years thought it was a, nu- a nun. A nun, no. they did, yeah. When your mum is taken from you at the age of 12, mm-hmm. you have special memories. So when I see that lady that I only knew for 12 years, of yeah. my life, then uh, there's special things you know, as children when they're taken away. Yeah. So whenever I see that, it, it's a lovely feeling. Um, I don't want to dwell too much. You know, I don't want to dwell too much on the sadness. But but you you brought up the death of your mum when you were twelve, and um, I can't even begin to imagine no. what that was like for you and your family at that time. It, it, it must have been beyond horrific. Particularly um, at twelve, you it, and your mum. Twelve, twelve. It is very. I blamed everyone mostly God, yeah. whatever that is, then as a 12-year-old child. And it took a couple of years before I thought, Michael, you keep blaming everyone, particularly this God thing. Then, but why did your mum, very personal, she was very, very important to me personally as a human being. So why has she gone? You've got to work it out. And so I had to work it out, and I did. And I suddenly realised the horribleness of that—the, you know, the the blunt severage, the the the, the hole it leaves. The, just impossible is for a reason. And really, so, you yeah, came to that conclusion. I had to work it out, even a twelve, thirteen, yeah. fourteen-year-old kid, and I worked it out of the the reason why she had to go and she went was to teach me. For God's sake, Michael, don't waste a second wow. of this life yeah. that you've got. I've been given, you've got the privilege of breathing. I haven't. Yeah. I'm, I'm in somewhere else. I'll see you up there soon, love. Uh, but that's the lesson she taught me, yeah. is you get on with your life and, by God, bloody, listen, every second, every whisper, every breath of fresh air, every rainbow. Enjoy. And you <laughs> have. You have, because you've, you've never... You've never stopped working. I was, I was reading a lot about the scaffold, of course, which is obviously the, 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 the group, in inverted commas, that you were in in the 60s and again in the 70s. But it was more of a performance art, theatre, comedy, poetry Satirical, group than a rock group. Sat- Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got us into the pub world. And everyone thought you were a pop band, but well, they no, only no, knew the no, hits. No, no, they, were, no, they didn't know we were a pop oh, band. Okay. I made us a pop right, band okay. by writing Thank You Very Much for the Aintree Iron. Yeah. I, we were not. We were a university theatre, uh, uh, comedy, satirical comedy, poetry. Uh, it was that's what our uh, modus operandi was. That's what we were best at. And I got us into pop music by writing "Thank You Very Much" as a song at the end of our show to thank everyone for coming, saying thank you very much for keeping the seat warm. Thank you very much for paying to come in. Well, that was a song did, to thank you. Did you then get confused audiences who saw you? Okay. I guess you did like Top of the Pops and stuff, like huge <laughs> hit. Can and so they imagine? thought they were going to come and see a pop concert. Yeah, yeah. 
And you, it's you three. Ogden, it's Ogden, wasn't it? And uh, McGough. It was John Gorman. John Gorman, sorry, John, not, John Gorman. was OTT Gorman. Yeah. Fan flies, all that. And a McGough poet. Yeah. And we, we once played, I think it was Lewis from Town Hall. This is to uh, just illustrate what you've just said succinctly. Yeah. This place, now we're number one. Right, we're big number one hit uh, comedy group. Uh, so people, <laughs> people uh, have packed out Lewisham Town Hall, and there are the first one, two, three, four, five, six, eight rows packed with mums and dads and children. Come to see the Lily of the Pink group. <laughs> we did, the last thing we did, we only did Lily of the Pink at the end. By which time, after the two-hour performance, all the children were asleep. Yeah. And so we'll drink, wake it up, here's just what we came for. Get up, get up, Don, get up, it's here. So that's what it was confusing. What were those shows like? Because there there isn't any recording of them, is there? Our shows, there is one magical one that the BBC have, and it is absolute magic. There's only one. And I found another uh, Lily the Pink, which should have been banned, honestly. Filthy. Because you're a very naughty well, man. Yeah, well, that's yes. taken for six children. That's, <laughs> you know, why? You've worked it out now. Yeah, worked it out, yeah. My wife, uh, on the last three boys, she would never tell me how they got there. <laughs> One day, if she's listening to this, when I get home, will you tell me that? I'll send her a DVD. Yeah, could you please? Yeah, I will, don't worry. <laughs> I, listen, I've got a DVD on the new McGear album. Now, tell me about this. This Is is this on I Cherry will, Red? Don't worry, I'll be telling you all about this. How long have we got? <laughs> we got we got an hour. Go as long as you want. You, okay. You're not going, going before 11, I'm afraid. Listen, what's his name? How, Howard Stern in America, yeah. New York? Yeah. Howard Stern made that mistake. When he got to the end of the uh, uh, our little chat, yeah. I got up in the early mornings and um, was living with Keith McCartney out in Woodstock. Got on a train, came into New York, walked across New York to this bloke. He was. They said you've got to get on his show. Yeah. He's all the yuppies listening to him coming into New York. He is. No, he wasn't as big as he is now, but he was big. He was the 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 in one, the yeah. one. If you got on his show, he's outrageous. At this lady Robin that was in the next booth yeah. and him, and they, they just chatted away. And I got on, and after about an hour, however long I was allowed, he made the mistake of trying to get rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> I said, are you, are you joking? He said, sorry, Mike? Uh, I said, well, I've come, I got up from Keith's house, <laughs> I've got on a train, come, walked across New York, to, and you're trying to get rid of me. Are you joking? Well, oh, oh, we're just going to read the news and the well. I said I can read the news, <laughs> <laughs> and I was on for another half an hour reading the news and the weather. Brilliant. <laughs> well, you've only come from twenty minutes away tonight, yeah, so none of this—it oh, okay. took you hours to get here. Okay. But oh, let's let's talk about the new albums now. These are on Cherry Red, which is an excellent record label. Love Cherry Red. They put out some really cool stuff. They this are isn't great. a reissue on Cherry Red, is it? No, it's not. No, I think it's another. Um, one. So, what is the new album then? It is the old album, the McGear album, yep. with... These days, you've got to be... Even our kid is putting all these extra tracks on. Yeah. You, you know, thing, he, he's automatic stuff, But all these little bits, you have to put on to Just make... for those who don't know, you're, of course, Elton John's brother. No, no. Don't, you're not? No, I'm Paul the Beatles' brother. Did no, you don't, not don't, don't know him. Don't, oh, yeah. don't know oh, him. Oh, I've heard of him. He's quite don't, good. Hold on. Did you not hear my name? Mike McCartney. I thought you were Elton yeah. John's brother. I do apologise. <laughs> we, we booked the wrong act. Elton John's my backing singer. <laughs> <laughs> you think that's funny, don't you? <laughs> it, 
Well, no, I don't, because I know that oh, you've got a record with Jimi Hendrix yeah, and so, Dave Mason. OK, sorry for banging the mic. Uh, I am in... Orchid is... Sorry for everybody in London. When I say Orchid, I'm from Liverpool up north. And if I ever say Orchid, it means my brother or sister. Yeah. OK. So Orchid had a launch of his uh, group called Wings, he was called. And so this went to the big opening night and went for a pee. As you would, I'd enjoy myself. I, I remember walking past Gilbert O'Sullivan, yeah. dressed as a schoolboy. <laughs> He'd come prepared. And so I went for a pee. I'm standing in there, uh, peeing away. And uh, next thing is this young lad comes in, yeah. in his pop regalia, and says, oh, hello, Mike. And I looked at him and said, oh, hello, Reg. And because uh, I'd met this young man in Dick James's studio on the first McGough McGear album, the we music started, publisher. Dick we James. started in Dick James's music place. He had a studio there, <clears throat> and I knew this lad uh, from then. And he said, "No, no, my name's not Reg anymore." I, he said, "I've got. I'm into doing show business like you." Oh, and I said, "Oh, good." I said, "What do you? What do you? What, who are you?" He said, "My name now is called Elton John." I said, good luck, son. He's got no chance of that name. <laughs> and so I thought, well, he said, no, but they, Mike, those were great days. I said, they certainly were. What was... He said, you know, the Abbey Road. I said, yeah, I re used to record with Scaffold in Abbey Road. Well, we used to be your backing singers. No me way. Me mate, he mentioned a name. Yeah. Me and Charlie was used to come. Uh, because Scaffold couldn't sing, I was the only one that could get away oh, really? with it. really? Yeah. And so we, I needed for harmonies, and that song he just played then, yeah. all the harmonies he needed, needed someone that could sing so I could harmonise with them. Yeah. And so uh, these two lads were brought in as the backing singers. And I said, I remember there were two lads that, to, to help me on my bits. He said, well, we used to, they were the best session yeah. we ever had. I said, oh, good, thanks. He said, no, honest, mate, you don't understand. We, we did all, back in singing all, all the time. Yours, whenever we went, came for scaffold one, we just killed ourselves laughing all day yeah. and got paid at the end. They were the best sessions we ever did. Thanks. I've got so many... We're going off in so many different directions. But <laughs> you, you, you mentioned with me. Good. Um, I'm trying to keep them all in here because I want to go on all of them. But you mentioned the Wings launch. Now, Wings... They were basically your backing band for one album. Was that the McGear well, no, album? This is where, yes, this is where it started out with I'd finished with Scaffold. And so uh, that was it, just living up in Liverpool. Our kid rang said, what are you up to? I said, not a lot. I finished the Scaffs. That's come to an end. He said, oh, well, should we do something together? I said, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Anything, every mickle makes a muckle. And uh, so, <laughs> should we do a song? I said, yeah, I'll come down now. <laughs> and so I went down to London, uh, went to his house, and we're just sitting around. Yeah. And uh, him and guitar, him, Lynn and me, just round the house. Beautiful. And this uh, little song just came out of nowhere. Mm. Do you love your arty jokes, etc., etc." And it was, oh, that's nice, that's nice, that's that's a nice little song, that. And so, OK, yeah, all right, we'll do it as a single. <laughs> we'll go into Abbey Road, record it, and do a single. And I said, yeah, great. And that day when we were recording, that day, was, oh, my God, I was buggered. It was when I had to do the vocals, yeah. you know, like a live thing. In what and way buggered? I, Not I, I was buggered in terms of... Uh, 
having played a, a, a what's it called charity football match, right. Monty Python versus Grimm's. We'd gone into a, a thing from substantial. Grimm's was Gorman, Grimm's, Gorman, John Gorman, yep. Roberts, Andy Roberts, the guitarist, yeah. I for Innes, Neil, uh, McGough, McGear, Murr, and S for Sancho. Wow. So let me translate. Buggered in this context means tired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be your northern translator. Thank you. Thank you, Catherine. Where, where are you from, Catherine? Manchester. Oh, you see. You see, you need us northerners down here. <laughs> Just to set you right. Well, if you press your red buttons at home, listeners, subtitles will be coming up as well, so don't worry. It's all, it's all good. So you've been knackered playing football. And so I was walking up the steps of Abbey Road. You yeah. know those steps on the safe scene on the film. Oh, yes. Well, that was our scaffold studio as well. And uh, going up these steps, I was so buggered. Uh, I, it was like as though I had, you know, those deep sea divers yes, and those those lead weight boots. I was going up the stairs to do these bloody things and did the vocals. And at one stage, this is a letter for anybody interested in production. Arcade was listening up, say he was producing this thing, and they played all the song, songs. Now you're into the you sing. Now you get down there and sing. And so Not in the big studio with yeah, the stairs going up yeah, to the that, that, that one. Yeah, wow. the famous one. Yeah, yeah. That's where we recorded Brilliant. Ours. Scaffold. All, all our stuff was in there. I lie. Lily the Pink was in the big one. Right. The All You Need Is Love. We did Lily the Pink in there. Yeah. Ask me about Lily the Pink later. I will. I'll tell you some gems you don't know. You don't know. Oh, this is great. And what's coming up, Ari? <laughs> and so I was... And so... I, I was so tired that I was so. It didn't love your heart. I did love shit. I, I said sorry. I did the second one, though, wasn't I? Yeah. And uh, okay, so what happened? I said I've just uh, got it wrong. He said I will tell you when it goes wrong. Mm. I'm the producer. And I thought, Ooh. <laughs> and so I went upstairs. And uh, you see, this is where producers are listening. They're listening for what they, they've got. All the stuff they want. They want you to just keep doing it, keep doing it till they've got it. Yeah, that was it. He got it. Came upstairs, and I'm listening to this thing, and I'm thinking, this guy can't sing. Call me. Yeah. And I said, not very good. This is it. He's don't worry, don't worry. I've got it. It's here. You've, you've done it. But uh, and then slowly, slowly, this thing started doing all these little tricks and double tracking. Oh, that sounds better. Oh, that's better. I used to do a scavenger. I was used to doing all these tricks. But then this thing started to. Oh, this is great. Tony Coe's sax and yeah. and it starts suddenly this little gem of a what. And even I'm dancing up and down wow, in, it clicked. In, in the studio. And I thought, wow, that's really good. It was. It was a lovely end product. So that was sent to New York to Linda's parents, to Linda's dad, Lee Eastman, mm. who looked after our kid in New York, and John, his son. And so they heard it. That was it. just going to be a single. They released here and in America. Full stop. And so our kid rings me up and said, I've just, and it's gone to New York, and the Eastmans have just come back to me. And said, "Are you joking? What are you talking? This is fantastic. Why are you going to leave it there? This is so good. You two working together. Mm. This is real magic. You should do something about it. Why don't you do an album?" And so our kid rang and said, uh, "What do you think?" 
I said, uh, oh, well, I'm free. <laughs> <laughs> Got nothing on for the next, <laughs> no. next six months. Yeah, yeah what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and though he, luckily, we both had this little time period. Yeah. He said, don't fancy working down here. It's too business. We'll come to the studio you did, the woman album in. Right. In Strawberry That's Studio. That's the 10cc The 10cc studio. studio. First time I walked into that studio with Scaffold were doing something. As I heard this, boom, 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 boom. Boom, 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 boom. I'm a Neanderthal man. Boom, boom, a Neanderthal man. Remember that 10cc yes, Neanderthal. Yes. That's all I remember. Boom, 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 Neanderthal man. And that's where we went. And we just, this magic little album. We had no idea. We went every day. Yeah. What are we doing today? No idea. I've done this, I've done that, I've done that. Here's a little song. This is, fi- I finished this one. Uh, okay. And it was things like the last one, The Man Who Found God on the Moon. That's a song. Which is... That is a tune, man. I, I like that one. That's a great one. I like that. Uh, uh, so that one was uh, in two parts of the studio. I'm working at that end of, in reception. Our kid is down in the studio doing his guitar, whatever he's doing. Yeah. Danny Lane was in there as lovely, well. Lovely Danny Lane. We've Danny had Danny on the show. He's lo- a lovely top man. bloke. Lovely man. And the, what a great singer. Oh, he's incredible. Moody Blues Go Now. What? I heard um, they've just they've re- just released re-released that f- that first Moody's album and they've put a slower version of Go Now. It wasn't on. on Cherry Red Records, was no, it? No, it wasn't Cherry Red or Esoteric. Um, I can't remember who it was on, but they, there was a, they recorded at the time and never released it, a slower, bluesier version of Go Now. Man, his voice, yes, it's just incredible. Yes. It's got that kind of like rough that gruffness to it in there, Beautiful. a grit. Beautiful. So he was there, yeah. And that's all. We just did this whole, this album slowly came together. And I, they sent me the acetate of the new uh, McGear album. Here it is. Hadn't heard it for 44 wow. years. 74. Recorded in 74. Is that weird, listening to something 45 yes. years? That must be like time yes. travel. Yes. So, but I had to do it. I had to pass the acetate. Yeah. And so I put it on. I didn't have any. <laughs> Nowadays, where's the gramophone gone? Who's got a gramophone? How can I borrow your gramophone? I bought one to do the tapes for to outtakes and old tapes sort of that, and that's what we've got on the new. Oh, wait, mate. Honestly, wait till you hear. When's that coming out? That is now April. Okay, okay. And you won't believe. I'll read what they've just told me today. Brilliant. It's going on that album. And these little outtakes are absolute. And so I had to, but the main thing is, like, listen. And so all I had was this little machine with a, 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 a what do they call them? Those things you put the record on a turntable, a turntable on the top, and then a cassette. You can put cassettes in it, yeah. And you do CDs, yeah. A a music system, a music system, (laughs) and so uh, there on the top was a a turntable. Yeah. So I put a record on the turntable with a shh. shh, Remember that? Put that on, and it went right into this uh, song. You see, breezes first, the fairy one, and I'm thinking. Oh, little speakers, tiny little yeah. speakers. I think, wow, that's strong. And then I'm suddenly listening to this, what it was. All the people that came along uh, came along because they wanted to be there. It wasn't a, a job yeah, where yeah. they had to be there. Like uh, Lily the Pink story uh, later on is all those people were session people yeah. and because they had to get it's their job. All the people that were on the McGear album were friends like Paddy Maloney from the Chieftains. Can mm. you come over and do a little Aeolian pipe somewhat, etc. It makes a difference when everyone's there because yes. they want to be there. Yes. 
Makes yes. it there's a completely different vibe. It, on it, and that like it, Kath does not want to be here. Yeah, I've noticed. And that vibe. She wants I'm to get back to sucking man. all the energy out of the room. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing my best. Yeah. He won't send me home. Uh, I won't. She's contracted to stay here. She will say. <laughs> but yeah, you say when, when everyone's can. when everyone's there, you're not allowed to talk to each other, please. <laughs> <laughs> Why like, could you understand us? We've been, we've been holding hands the last <laughs> half an hour. <laughs> when everyone's there because they want to be, yes. you can hear that in the record. You really can. Yeah. I, and I hadn't heard it for 44 years. And some listeners are saying, I think, bloody hell, that's good. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Oh, the musicianship in that comes onto the second track. And what do we really know? What do we really? And then uh, uh, in the sessions, I'm saying, OK, can somebody take now? Jerry Conway was our uh, my drummer from... Yeah. Uh, these albums here uh, and uh, Arkin was using this thing to try people out and so Denny was in the for the wings for the new wings Jimmy McCulloch came in later yeah. etc and another drummer came in instead of Jerry Conway but on this on the McGear album I said okay this one here uh, it'd be great we had a little uh, breaks of a little now drums Jerry can you do a drum Jerry can't, can he do a drum <laughs> bloody hell it's like you and then uh, uh, Paul can you do a, a bass solo he said a bass solo I've never done a bass solo in my life so can you do one now I think it's the, the only one he, you you work it out on any of his records he ever done a bass solo he's never he's from what I've read about Paul McCartney I have to say Paul McCartney it sounds weird me just saying Paul he's never That's my brother by the way I, I, apparently so I thought yeah, it was yeah. David Jones from the Monkees but I got it wrong <laughs> apparently he's never been very confident in his bass playing despite being one well, of the greatest bass players of all time it is like John John was afraid of his voice John didn't want his like Jimmy Ellis these people you you listen to these people and you think my god yeah. John Lennon is and they echo more echo echo you know ver, to, more, drown more himself, reverb, to drown and these people you are like gods uh, are, have the little things Isn't it funny? That they, and so I I didn't know that so so I said well so can you do a, a, a drum a, what's it called bass. a bass so uh, uh, Jerry does drums you do a bass and then I think it was uh, Denny does the end guitar I've got to meet him and find out which was Jimmy McCulloch and yeah. which was Denny uh, guitar uh, and so I just let it go and I heard it the other night and, they, and then they hear the drums you say wow God, he's a good drummer. And the sunny... Yeah. The bass player, great, comes in. Good, nice little solo. The bass player. He's all right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's good, actually. And then uh, the next one was a guitar comes in. I think it was Denny. And, and then it goes quiet. And, and then, what I've done here, I have gone, I'm now going to take you to another world now. Oh. I'm now going to take you... To a cartoon world, okay, a cartoon world of weirdness, of we weird characters. One called Blob, yeah. who talks like this, yeah. and one called Beaky. Well, talk like this, Mara. You're not from Brooklyn, is it, Boya? <laughs> uh, and these little characters are. I have introduced this lovely music that comes next after those solos. It, as the start of the weirdo cartoons, I'm going to release them both in the April. Weirdo cartoons. So I've got name. them here. I've got them here. I was going to line it up, but the taxi was late. I will show you, and I will show all your your listeners. Uh, I've got a little excerpt. Oh, I can, brilliant! A very, uh, you know, unique historic. Uh, I need one-off. to take a break. 
I've been desperate for a break for the last half an hour. I know. Like can I have break. one with you? Yeah, yes, you can. Mm. I want your Lily the Pink story when we get back, Ooh, please. You'll get it. Oh, I want it. Hey. This is Talk Radio with Ian Lee, Catherine Boyle, and Mike McGear. Stroke McCartney. More after this. Stroke McCartney. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. Unfiltered Night Talk with the original king of unconventional conversation on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Well, during the break there, um, Mike uh, McCartney just uh, just McGear. solved Brexit. But Mike Blank just solved... Mike Bre- Fab. <laughs> I thought I nearly Mike was. Mike Kebab. Fab, not oh, Kebab. That's what he didn't choose. I nearly was Mike Kebab, Mike, Mike McFab. <laughs> when you were coming up with the names, the, yeah. the surname, was, was there a long list? Well, it was. we had in Liverpool, I don't know whether you got it down here, we had something called Beatlemania in Liverpool, oh. which was getting a bit out of hand. And so I thought uh, having uh, McCartney as a surname is rather like having, you know, being Mike Presley or Mike Sinatra. <laughs> Reg Presley. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Elvis Costello. Uh, <laughs> and so I thought, this is silly, uh, so I'll have to change it. Yeah. Because you've on the telly. And so, OK, what are we going to do? And uh, one of the things, J.V. Don Levy is Ginger Man. And I was nearly Mike Dangerfield. Oh, that sounds mate. like a spy. Ooh, I think I don't think it would have aged very well. Okay. Mike Dangerfield. Well, still not bad. I was seriously, uh, but around Liverpool at that time, the two words that everyone used were fab and gear. Fab and gear. Yeah. Before they were plagiarised in America. Yeah. Uh, by my brother and his chums. Then just ordinary things. Oh, it's fab. Look at that fab. Look at that gear. Oh, she's the gear, etc. <laughs> And so at one stage, I, I was nearly Mike McFab. And I thought. Sounds like an ice lolly. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I thought that's a bit too silly, Michael. And how about Mike McGear? McGear. Ah. It so, works. Sounds Irish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm Irish. All the, so that sounds better. So I became Mike McGear. I saw a brilliant. I was, I was falling down the rabbit hole on YouTube today, and I saw a brilliant clip of you and the scaffold. On the Mike Douglas show in America. Oh. I hope you don't mind me mentioning this because it's a really uncomfortable clip to watch. Oh, it's wonderful. It's. I'm glad you think so. It's. I'm guessing '68, and it is um, the height <laughs> of the Paul is dead rumours. Okay. Do you, do you want to hear the story? Do you want to? Hear, I'll go on. You can know all. I'll tell your listeners is you're going to say it the way you saw it on the telly. You got furious with the guy who came well, out with no, all the no, facts. I, I, it's like solving Brexit. It's no good talking about it. Yeah. You've got to really, sometimes, you've got to be honest. You've got to tell people the truth. Yeah. And so we were brought down from New York to somewhere, wherever Detroit, wherever it was, to film this because it was British week. <laughs> oh, oh, I say. British show. Yes. And uh, there is Douglas Fairbanks Jr., yeah. very English, doing a sword fence. Uh, on the telly because he's English yeah. it's British we and so <laughs> smashing and there's Scaffold <laughs> Scaffold brought you down from New York to be on British week on British day in uh, different, wherever you are and so yes smashing and suddenly they put us in the audience I thought that's a funny place to perform. Yeah. In the middle of a, an American daytime. Surrounded by lots of old ladies. All ladies all it's middle yeah, America. It's a great clip. This is middle America. <laughs> yeah. 
daytime And you guys light. with the long hair. Oh, yeah. The, the Gorman with the comb over. Oh, yeah. Really. McGough looking outrageous. Oh, and to spot pop. the Brits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Pop poses. And so but we're, we're wondering what the hell are we doing in the audience yeah. of this daytime live middle American show? And it slowly uh, transpires. Suddenly, this guy, uh, Douglas Fairbanks Jr., has finished fencing. Uh, and next one is, here he is, the DJ from L.A. And, 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 OK, what's all this about? Oh, so you... And he starts talking seriously to this DJ. And the DJ is talking seriously to the uh, the man. And I'm suddenly... We look at each other, scaffold look at each other, because this guy is talking about... Paul McCartney is dead. And he's got all the albums, hasn't he? All the, the albums, the evidence, are there on the Abbey Road crossing with the no feet and, and whatever it is, etc. All, and he's talking this absolute rubbish, t- t- just coming out, spewing out but of his very, mouth. very seriously. Very. Very straight. Very serious and very straight. And I'm thinking, at first of all, we look at each other, that's why we're down here. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's a stitch we heard about it. But we, oh no, this is so gross. But so we sit there patiently, and suddenly they make the mistake of having all this proof that this DJ from LA has given America. This is a, a right across America show, oh. big uh, telly. And so they made this. They suddenly said, "Well, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, thank you, DJ from LA, whatever his name is. Uh, we happen to have Paul's brother, Mike McCartney." Uh, sitting in the audience. Mike, what do you think of this? God. Paul is dead. And so uh, you, you're on the telly of just a second, and I just thought, now then, young man, do you know what you've done? Yeah. How, how horrible that you have done. Can you imagine the fir- these little children that love that group my brother's in? Suddenly to hear, on oh, like nine eleven. I watched nine eleven before we came out here. Everyone's there. There's what's his name, the president, mm. looking. They're telling all the children. Bush, yeah, he's reading, wasn't he? And they the deliver the news to him. Yeah. And he suddenly goes into a trance, and suddenly all everybody's in a trance. And I'm suddenly they've got to come out this trance. They've got to come to reality. So I said, please, sir, the second that you said to America that my brother is dead. Can you imagine those poor children or people who were nervous disposition or ill or just heart attack something and what you have done to them? <gasps> the shock of the and now you're coming on national television here proving absolute lies. You're saying, mm. let's be honest, what you're doing now is lie, lies. It's a, and I saw, I was just got... Oh, it's it, a great round, but you managed to hold it in a lot because oh, you're very, obviously fuming. Very, very, because it was such a, a, a nasty trick. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, this is not the way I want to spend my career. And so to go for this guy and just tell him how vicious, how nasty, how wrong that suddenly let's go to an ad. <laughs> <laughs> there are two you, you you and Gorman do two great lines. One of the Mike Douglas I think asks you, When was the last time you saw your brother? And you said two weeks ago at his funeral. Which was a great line. That's a good line. And then someone then someone says later on, Oh, I, I saw him recently and Gorman taps you on the shoulder and goes, Yeah, but he didn't look very well, did he? <laughs> Which is <laughs> and it's delivered so deadpan. That's good. But also what is great is you say you say something along the lines of the biggest crime you've committed here is 
You've been boring for ten minutes. Yes, yes. you've been boring. Yes, you There's bored no, people. Ed, Ian, there is no bigger crime in my book <laughs> than being boring. Just imagine. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's rather like now. The amount of people that have turned off since we got on. <laughs> Can you imagine? All asleep. All like the front rows. They're waiting the, for the Lily the Pink story. Yeah, oh, so they'll get it. They'll well, get give it. it to them. I'm going to finish off this story of going up. We've done the thing. Okay, they go cut, on afterwards. Cut to a, an hour. Well. This is live telly. Mm. Cut there. Get the, the frosties off. For God's sake, get away from this madman who's coming down, destroying American civilization. Get him. And so get it out and up the stairs. And there was a spiral, <laughs> a spiral staircase which went up to the green room from the studio. And ahead of me was the DJ from LA. And suddenly he woke up as he's going up the stairs and realised his career was over mm. uh, for being so stupid and being so, you know, th- you know. And so he just looked down at me, saw the cause of his demise, cause of the end of his career. Hey, you. He went for you? Ooh. No. Yeah, yeah. Really? They, they had to pull him off. Cheeky bugger. Yeah, yeah. Because in the, in the clip, he starts <laughs> backtracking and going, look, I wasn't yeah. saying that yeah, he was yeah, actually yeah. dead. I'm just, I'm just presenting the... the yeah. He went for you. Because uh, here's the thing. I, I've always loved that, that, that myth, The Paul McCartney's replaced by a Scottish actor in 66 well, after Because it's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. But watching that clip with you, it made me think, oh, God, but he's a real person. Mm. Paul McCartney's a real person. You're not. You're joking. No, honestly. No, I know. Now you tell and me. He's got, he's got family, yeah. and I could see how upset you were mm. that, A, you'd been stitched up, and B, that someone was presenting this utter, utter bullshine That's right. to you. That's right. And we're expecting you to somehow respond with, well, OK, the truth's out. You found out how dirty... It's your brother he's talking about. And it no. never dawned on me like in that way before. No, but as I say, there are certain times you go like Brexit. Uh, you want the answer to that next, don't you? Go on. OK, not at all. At all. It's like, you know, there are certain times in your life. It's like that thing in my mum, the lessons you taught me. Wasting one second of yeah. our talk here, it is you're wasting time. Yeah, and so and as I we've just said, boring is the worst thing you can do to anyone. Yeah, and so uh, that that's enough. Uh, that that'll do. McGough McGear album. So you don't want to hear about Brexit? <laughs> Sorry, McGough McGear album. Sixty eight. <laughs> there is the cover of the McGough McGear album. Yeah, you see the two little gnomes. Yeah, the Ruth gnomes, little. Uh, baby gnomes in garden in the gnomes, but there baby gnomes are on little baby gnomes, and and it's as though they are somebody has put a, there's a window, yeah, right, and somebody it's all steamed up, and somebody has got, cleared it in like in a bath steaming up, yeah. and you clear the mirror, and the two little gnomes you can see them outside, mm. right? That is that that uh, steamed up thing was actually Versailles Palace. I was there with uh, Una and Tara Brown. Tara Brown was the young man, Day in the Life. Day in the Life, in uh, the car, His yeah. mum was the Lady Oramore and Brown. Got a lovely picture of them on the Versailles mm. uh, floors, go up and down like that. Uh, magic, herringbone floors. But the windows here that I had to take a photograph of, can you imagine? You look at that album again mm. and you will see it's graffiti 1803 <laughs> and etched into the thing. Graffiti was around in 18, yeah. with uh, the French public into the scratching into the window. Magic. 1803. Isn't that and fantastic? So that's what that window is. That's the cover of yeah. the McGuffin. Yeah. It's. Um, 
it's a it's a great album. It's 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 kind of a psychedelic treasure. Hendrix was playing mm. on it. How many tracks mm. did he play on? And he was playing bass, wasn't he? He wasn't playing. Do you know no uh, guitar, guitar? He was playing guitar. guitar and he did quite a few of you. <laughs> There's a lovely end one called yeah. Exarch Studio. That's the song. That is that is. <laughs> but do you know what? We'll play that. Are you all right to stick around to half eleven? Or have yeah, you got good. Half no, I'm good. I'm good. When we come out of the news at eleven, we'll play Exarch Studio. When I've read the news. Well, yeah, when you've done the news. <laughs> yeah, when yeah. you sold Brexit. And we'll the weather. It's such a. It's a funny song it's a brilliant song it's got that little sitar breakdown oh, in the middle <laughs> you use that end thing and you can hear graham it's beautiful voices yeah. uh oh dear do you want lily now yeah go on because it. it comes to graham oh let's have it uh right this is all all you a lot that have heard of a song called lily the pink the pink the pink do you ever see an ad on the telly yeah a lot, this will be 1968. And I always told people, like I always told people, that thank you very much, the song I wrote for Scapo that got him into the pop business. I always said uh, the, uh, the one of the guys that used to love it was the Prime Minister of Great Britain. Yes. Harold Wilson. And the uh, Queen Mum. And later, I only found that in the Castle of May. Yep. Years later. But the first thing I got away with for years was saying, uh, Prime Minister Harold Wilson's uh, favourite record, you know that. I wrote that. <laughs> and, uh, and so Radio 4 rang up and said, oh, Mr McGear, Mr McGear McCartney, whatever the hell your name is, uh, we have been asked to ask what is the Aintree Iron. And so I said, oh, well, I wrote this song called Thank You Very Much for the Aintree Iron. Our kids said, don't do Aintree Iron, it's too oblique. <laughs> That was the one that uh, every uh, the, the, the headlines for years. What is the Aintree Iron? I've uh, always thought it was an erection. Uh, well, you can think what you like. I thought Ian. it was a rhyming slang. No, you can go get, give me more. You, you, whatever you give me, I'm going to shoot you down. And, I wrote that thing. I don't think you know what it's about, Mr. Oh, McCartney. Oh yes, I do, and it's up to you to prove otherwise. <laughs> to prove otherwise. <laughs> so, what do you want, Lily? Go on, give us... Go on. Okay, uh, question one. Who played uh, bass on Lily of the Pink? Hang on a minute. <clears throat> I don't, you're asking me, I'm supposed to be asking you this. Who played bass? Was it, uh, well, is it, was it Paul? It wouldn't be Paul. I, um, that's a good guess. Yeah. I am in Abbey Road number one, the big studio. Yeah. The All You Need Is Love studio. And uh, session men yeah. were in. And so I am saying to Mike Vickers, who was the... Uh, he did Manny Man, Mike Vickers. Yeah. Uh, and he was doing the orchestral, uh, the musos. Uh, Nori Paramore was the uh, you know, producer. I've never heard Manfred Mann abbreviated to Manny Man. Oh, I've never it. heard that before. Because you've never been in the presence of Mike, Mike McCartney, McGeeve, McFab. McAnything. And uh, the, I'm in the, in the control bit and looking out at the big studio. I'm saying, what's he doing there? And so Mike says, oh, I just, you know, just came out one, you know, session. So I said, I'll go and have a word. So I went out and got him to one side. All the session musicians, all the best you can do, all reading from the dots. And so I said to this gentleman, just, just thinking, you know, whatever you want on this, you know. He says, all right, Mike, um, I was thinking, you know, on this one, uh, I've read the thing, I think the best thing on, on this song is boom, 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 we'll drink a boom, boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. And I said, whatever you want, 
seeing as you're the bass player out of the cream, you have that right. <laughs> you couldn't make it up. That's incredible. I did not know that. Honestly, make. I've got to tell you, I think the best thing... <laughs> and you listen to it. And again, another one you've got to listen to. Yeah. If you ever hear the number one hit, right, when it comes to the Jennifer Eccles verse, mm. Jennifer Eccles had terrible freckles and the boys all called her name, so they gave her medicinal compound. Now he joins in all their games, right? Listen to that next time it comes on the radio. <clears throat> you won't believe how obvious this story is. Uh, there was a Jennifer Eccles, a group called the Hollies. The Hollies, Jennifer Eccles. So I rang this man I used to know rather well uh, called Graham Nash. Oy. So I said, hey, Gray, what are you doing tomorrow? He said, why? I said, we're doing a track, this daft song called Lily the Pink, and we're doing a, a spoof of your Jennifer Eccles, that terrible freckle, just being number one with. Can you come and sing it? He said, sure. Be down. So next thing, he comes down. You listen to that it's record. Him. I swear, honestly, you will not believe it. I heard it on telly the other day. They found another version of Lily the Pink. So un... What's it called? Un-thingy, un... Bad, very un-thingy. Un-thingied. It's un thingy yeah, it's it's yeah. Because at the end, their scaffold, very bad. I've never... There's only one Lily the Pink thing. That's us in our white suits. If you ever see that on the TV, yeah, there's only one, there clip. was only one scaffold singing Lily the Pink, and it's us on the telly. We've been singing it for a year, so it comes to this telly show, and we got bored. We don't want to sing the same thing and bloody again. So we said, right, okay, don't tell the producer of the programme. Everyone swap the end line of each other's verse. So if you ever see that on the telly, it makes absolutely <laughs> no sense. Oh, Mr. Free Ears, a sticky out ears, and I made him more full shy. So they gave him medicinal compound, and now they move him round on wheels. <laughs> that ice, every, you listen to it on the telly, watches in our white suit, and every one, the producer was furious. What the hell, oh dear? Yeah. Oh, we got bored. Sorry, sorry, pal. Um... The humour is uh, in, in a lot of the records. Even I mean, even Woman, which is a great pop record, pop, pop and rock record. But then you got songs like uh, Edward Heath stuck in there. You know, little odes. Is it, mm. The, the humour, and we've only got a minute before we go to you reading the news. So I hope you've got it prepared. But um, the, the humour is is constantly we've been going for an hour. Yes, mate. Bloody hell! Yeah, I know. But this is this isn't going out on air. This is just the warm up for us. We start the show at eleven. Oh, at eleven. Okay, great. I hope you know that. This After is just the, the rehearsal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, can do the weather as well. But the humour is, and the wordplay, and I guess if you're working with, with Roger McGough, who is a genius, you know, when it comes to messing around with words, and yourself, and Viv Stanchel, I mean, man mm. alive, that guy, Sir Henry at Rawlinson's End. OK. Have you seen the film of that? Uh, no, I've seen oh, the play of it. Oh, wow, the film is just insane. But that guy, what he could do with language and words. Well, those language, those words... There is a bit on the outtakes of these things, this McGear album. Yeah. I have the tape of Viv uh, doing adverts for Dance the Do. Oh. And right? um, this is Mike McGear's, uh, his donation to the nation. <laughs> do, do the do, dear boy. Oh. I've got it, and it's going on. Is it going album. on? I, yeah. When we come back, I want a full list of what's going on. I w wouldn't it be so wonderful if we could say, oh, in tomorrow night's show, we've got Viv Stanchel in the studio. Oh. Wouldn't that be lovely? That would be lovely with me, Mum. Oh, wouldn't that be wicked? It would, well, be it would be delightful. He was, what a, what a, 
uh, one-off. Oh, the unique. Him, him and Mooney, they were the one-offs. <laughs> I bet they were a nightmare at times. Yeah, yeah, great. We're going to have a little break. Um, uh, I'm not going to give out the phone number because I'm too, I'm, I'm too joyous just talking to him. We've got, we've got another half an hour. I'll tell you then. What are you going to do? The news. Yeah, the the phone number is o three four 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 nine nine one thousand. It's got his crib sheet. Who's giving you this? It's a cog. It's my cog. It's from the Liverpool Institute High School for Boys. We call them cogs. Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> I knew he was going to be trouble, Catherine. I said I didn't want him. I in. hoped so. Um, we're going to have a short break. We're going to come back. We're going to have a little break, dear listener. We shall be back shortly with more Mike McCartney. This is Talk Radio. Yeah. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. She's an ex-art student. She's an ex-art student. An exit student, she's an exit student. An exit student, she's an exit student. Exit student, an exit student, an exit student.
you can half wang on in the 60s. I said wang. What is lovely... I didn't realise it was Jane Nasher doing the, the vocals. Uh, on that, yes. Graham Nash doing the that. harmonies, you can hear. Gray, yeah. Hendrix doing the guitar. And God bless you, Mike. You were miming Jimi Hendrix playing the guitar. and You would have been there when he no, did that. No, the best one was on uh, So Much In Love. And <laughs> I said, said, I'm sorry, uh, Jim, the, we're doing our kids with another track. Uh, would you like a drink? Because what do you give superstars to, uh, you know, they're giving their time free? Yeah. And he said, no, man, it's cool. No, I had all on a table on the Delaney Lee studio, table of beer, wine, uh, vodka, anything you wanted that I could pay you back to say thank you for coming. Couldn't pay them bloody money. Couldn't, even I couldn't. Uh, and so, you know, I'm cool. I'll just sit and I'll just rehearse. And, and I said, Okay. So I sent him the trousers. I said, okay, he's working in here. And so uh, he said, oh, that's all right. Uh, so then they, And he sat on the floor. And he's just doing his own little guitars, yeah. his latest number one. And so the next thing is we sent him the track through. So much in love, diddly-doo-dee-doodly-doo. And so, Jim, just uh, you come in for the solo bit. Okay. And so, uh, so much in love, da 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 Right, so, uh, so, Okay, I just finished Pepper, so he was used to these sort of freedom. <laughs> and so, and I, oh, yeah. And so I guess, wow, what do you think? I said, yeah, very, he said, what's wrong? I said, well, he didn't come in the right place. <laughs> he, he said, are you going to tell Jimi Hendrix that? I said, I will. Oh. And so I did. If anyone was going to tell him, it'd be you. Yeah, of course it, it would. No, well, no, as I said before, solving Brexit's next. <laughs> so I went out into the studio. <laughs> that picture. Now, this is an interesting picture. Yeah. This is just honestly, this all of you, this really happened. There is Jimi Hendrix <laughs> sitting on the floor with his knee next to mine. And so I am doing the thing, and it's right here. He, can, he said, Mike, uh, I don't know the song. Can you just tell me when to come in? My pleasure, Jim. Our little can's on. Are you ready? Now, Jim, tapping him on the knee. <laughs> to go ah, oh, mate! I swear. That is beautiful. That's how I, I got Jimmy in for his song. And so we did a couple of takes. And so uh, I, I said, how was that? I said, oh, yeah, you came in the right bit. That's good. That's good. And so uh, uh, so that went back into control. What does Jimi Hendrix's knee feel like? <laughs> Has he got a nice knee? Just like yours. <gasps> wow, rock star knees. So uh, get back in the control room. And so our kids said, OK, so do you now know? I said, how do you mean? He said, well, yeah, the first one. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah that was good. Wasn't it? He said, you're good, Michael. You're slowly getting there. And the one you just done, I said, it came in the right place. He said, but what was it like? I said, it was good, but it wasn't as good as the first. He said, good, Michael, you've learned <laughs> the lesson in production. Well done, Michael. Uh, tape off, can we have the first one, please? And the engineer said, what do you mean the first one? We've been wiping everyone. <gasps> no! No tracks left to be wiping. That's your fault, that. <laughs> My fault. <laughs> you ruined rock. You killed rock. Great, isn't it? So the Magear album... 
Coming out in April. Yeah. Oh, well, on listen. Cherry Red, this is Lin- your cue. I've, I've just been told, are you all queuing up? I've just been told that the McGear album is is on luxury vinyl. Oh, what's, what's, hang on, what's luxury vinyl? No idea. Just, how is that it's different? obviously better than normal vinyl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is luxury no, vinyl. Cheap rubbish. And I didn't know... Uh, that it was Cutter Abbey Road. Oh, I didn't know it was. That's apparently the best place to cut them. It's got a double gate sleeve, which America, all you Americans listening are going to be so chuffed with that. Yeah. I went over on the first time it was released in 1974, and the Americans thought, <laughs> "Oh dear, I've just heard of the thought of me and Derek Taylor listening to God on the Moon." I'll come in next time, I'll tell you that I want to hear about Derek Taylor. I'm a big fan of Derek Taylor. Oh, he's wonderful. Yeah, I, I he, bet. That's the reason I went to America. He was the publicist for the Beatles, yeah. then went over and he, worked with the Beach Boys. He's the guy yeah, that called label Brian Wilson a genius. Yeah. Um, and I, I, the stories I've heard about him, he sounds like an incredible character. He was an incredible character. At one stage, uh, Paul Myers, Mike Myers' brother, uh, and I were talking. We've had Paul on the show as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we good had him a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, he's great. good man. And we were talking about doing the definitive Derek Taylor documentary. Yeah. So that would be good. Got a lot of letters from Derek and lots of memories. That would be amazing. At one stage in the McGeer tour across America, he says, Michael, I'm going to have to leave you. I said, I'm going to Burbank. Uh, right in the middle of the tour, because we had to go from New York right across America, yeah. doing all the major cities. Uh, and he said, I've got to leave you. I said, why, Dex? He said, because you're going to make me an alcoholic <laughs> if I continue with well, you. <laughs> I think he got there in the end. <laughs> he said he got there in the end. <laughs> he did. Can I ask, on tangents, uh, one of my favourite characters in Beatles folklore, and hardly anyone knows anything about him. You might have met him. Magic Alex. Mm. Did you meet Magic Alex? Sure did. Magic Alex, when Apple happened, um, and they were giving away money, like lunatics. And this houses Greek... and cars. Yeah, and... and this Greek guy rocked up and said, oh, I can make you a 76-track yeah. studio. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can make you invisible bafflers for yes. the drums. Oh, yeah. And none of it worked. No. What was he like? He was lovely. Lovely little man. Total yeah. bullshitter. <laughs> and got away with it. Yeah. Couldn't believe it. Yeah. Unbelievable. Did anything he make worked? Probably not. I hope it did, for his sake. For his conscience. I think the only thing he, he made that, that I read that was a little box that had flashing lights on that he gave to Lennon, and that was kind of what sold him to Lennon. Mm. To and what was that game. supposed to do? Flash. Supposed oh, to flash. Right, okay, to yeah. make you disappear. <laughs> Boom, okay. Excuse yeah. me, I met a man that actually did disappear. He told me he did. And after Maharishi, they all. I was there for the Maharishi bit, the Hilton uh, Park Lane, yeah. London. Uh, for that and, and first one, then Did they go to Banger. They went to uh, no, they went to India, right, with Maharishi, the Fabs. Uh, but I didn't go there. But I later caught up with meditation. Did it for a bit, and at one stage, there's this gentleman in a beautiful, an old gentleman, uh, can't remember his name now, but he came to the big posh house somewhere near Macclesfield. And so nobody is going there. Nobody's saying anything. But this gentleman, I'd heard, he disappeared. And so nobody is, don't, don't say anything about disappearing. And so I'm from Liverpool. I so it was very polite. And everyone said, oh, thank you, Mr. Uh, Johnson, whatever his name was. Thank you for coming, etc. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> Before you go, uh, I've heard that you... Have disappeared. Is that? Oh, he said. Ah, that was just a technique 
I said, keep going. <laughs> Do you mean disappeared? Like vanished uh, and then came back? No. I, 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 I said, well, have you disappeared or haven't you? He said, well, these two ladies apparently, uh, they told me, uh, they were doing, I was doing my mantra, and apparently they were looking at me and either the vision went from either side of me and I appeared to have disappeared. Uh, appeared to have disappeared. To have disappeared. <laughs> they, they, they blinked at the same time. <laughs> so, yeah, they blinked. Yeah. So, so see, I have met a man that has disappeared. So, double double gate sleeve yes. for Americans. They're going to love it because I took it over, and it's yeah. a single gate in America. They only yeah. had a, it didn't open up. Yeah. So uh, that one outrageous. is they're going to get that. So they're going to be there. And now I didn't know two CDs. Wow. With this album, it is there is a book. Okay, with photos and promo material, a DVD. Do you know what that is? A dove. It's a dove. There's a dove. There's a dove in there. With the original Leave It film of 1974. Oh. Original Leave It. And then me. They said, a DVD takes a lot. So can you uh, talk about Liverpool, the album, etc.? So I went back to my old school. Oh, they wow. Me there. We went to the Everyman Theatre, where I started off as Scaffold, when we were called the Liverpool One Fat Lady Non-Electric Show, which no one could pronounce, so we became Scaffold. <laughs> All these stories are in the, on oh, that that's DVD. Cool. What was it like going back to your school? That must have been fun. It would have been good if uh, oh. I got in the school. Oh. I went to the school, my old school, that from 11 till 18, yeah. and they said, oh, we've got you the John Lennon Auditorium. I said, oh, is that our old gym? Because yeah. uh, I'll tell you stories about that next time I come. Yeah. Ivan Vaughan, one of the most important people in pop history, uh, when he was a prefect, I'll tell you that next time. Yeah, yeah. And, but they, I said, and they didn't answer that. Was, was it the gym we used to go to? They didn't answer that. So the next thing is, right, let's go to the John Lennon Auditorium. So going out, going across, hold on, where are you? going this is me school here yeah this is where the top uh, yard here the, the down to the bottom yard here uh that's where i got peter sissons with the water bomb well peter sissons the newsreader oh yes <laughs> and i did and he took me to this the head and some very very strange i didn't think we could get a turn stranger than the man disappearing but l- now we've got l- peter sissons listen, a wet bombs. peter sissons wow listen you go off on tangents you haven't met Mr. Tanya. <laughs> I know. So we're going across the top yard there, and we go to the bloody art school, yeah. which I couldn't get in. Yeah. I wanted to go to art school from the inny, and I couldn't get in because I didn't have enough GCEs okay. to be yeah. an artist. Yeah. Yeah, five GCEs. That year, introduced from Switzerland, and I didn't. I only had one art. To be an artist. Thank you. It's crazy. Yeah. You'll get there one day. I've got one, faith in you, One day. Man. Well, weirdos, have a look. Uh, so they did that. So that's going to go on the DVD. Uh, there are different mixes and outtakes Lovely. on this album. Uh, one or two with Pete 18 with a bullet Wingfield. Okay. He's, he's lovely. He's not and, reading this, by the way, dear listener. And one or two. Well, if you look at the telly, you'll see me reading it. Uh, one or two with Billy Mersey Beat Kinsley. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, some of the tracks I'd forgotten. Like Pete Wingfield one. I'd forgotten that I'd recorded. Yeah, I bet. And the ones with Billy Kinsley, this lovely little song, I'm thinking, that's lovely. And it's never been out. Yeah. And no one's ever heard it. Ever. I just found these old tapes and I did it with Billy. So there's a couple of tracks like Fantastic. that. Fantastic. That's it. And that's it. And, uh, that's it. and they're all in a clamshell box. Ooh. Hey, hey. Don't I bet you're talking. Got no idea. It's clam. Is it like, it's Shell. Is it like one of them round shell. ones? That... Yeah. Uh, excuse me. I haven't finished. Oh, sorry. And the final deluxe thing 
a poster of the gatefold album sleeve in this thing. And a lock, of, a lock of your hair sellotaped to every single copy. <sighs> We're not supposed to tell them that no, yet, that, that's Ian. That's the secret. Oh, that's it, the bonus. But it was. Uh, we're gonna have, look, was, Sam, we're going to have a quick break, then we'll come back for another ten minutes, then we're going to try and get rid of him if we can. We'll see. Um, this is, I, I'm having so much fun, man. This that's is OK, Howard. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank You're you, very Daisy. stern today, Howard. <laughs> Let's have the adverts, please, Sam. <laughs> the radio show for people who know the best part of the day is the night. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Okay, we've got Mike McCartney here, and I've just looked at Twitter, and there's there's some questions I don't understand. So I'm just going to read them, and if they're offensive to you, I apologise. Paul says, "Ask Mike about his aunt and uncle's Monday roast." No, it was simply when my mum died. (coughs) We didn't have Sunday dinners, like everybody else. Excuse me. Um, uh, We didn't have Sunday dinners. Because mum uh, wasn't there. Yeah. And so our aunties, Auntie Mill and Auntie Jen, used to come over on the Monday. And so we'd have Monday dinners instead of oh, Sunday wow. dinners. Yeah, they'd do our washing for us. Because oh. just dad and two sons bringing us up uh, wasn't easy Yeah, on his own. And so He sounds like a great man, your dad. Yeah, what I've read about him, was, it sounds incredible. Mac, he was great. He used to have his own band called Jim Mack's Band. Yeah, and, uh, that's a good name. Yeah, no, he was special, Dad. The big thing about uh, your life on this earth is when you die. Yeah. And you suddenly realise how important people are when you go to their funerals. And my God, the people that turned up to his with their colostomy bags uh, staggering in and all of them <laughs> half dead themselves. But my God, we'll be there for Uncle Jim or Jim Max. When did Jim, when did he pass away? Mum was 56, Dad was 76. OK, right. Okay. In terms of years. The yeah, year, yeah. The year. Um, Graham has said, this is great, um... Mike should do a one-man show, but you were telling me you've done a one-man show. I did. I did a one-man show. Somewhere in a theatre. It's still going on, I'm sure. Around (laughs) uh, Great Britain, and it was called Sex. Drugs. (laughs) Rock and roll. I wish. (laughs) (laughs) When did you do that? Uh, Don't know. A year or two ago, I think. Um, okay, uh, you, you're a big photographer as well. You, you've taken pictures of us, which you have not actually asked permission for. So that's that's a legal case yeah, that's going to turn into. Um, but some of your, your your pictures are incredible. You've t- you take some incredible pictures, and of course, perhaps one of the most famous is the the cover of uh, Paul's album Chaos and Creation in the backyard. Mm-hmm. That is a great picture, peeking through the net curtains. Mum's, mum's neck curtains. Is that that's what the picture was originally called? Wasn't it something like? It's our kid with guitar under. Not long after she died, through most important is through mum's neck curtains. Have you seen? I'm going to find it and show Kath because it's absolutely mm. incredible. Um, but the, when was when? What year was that taken? Because that was taken 1900 and frozen to death, <laughs> as my father would say. I've got no idea. <clears throat> A while ago. I'm going to show. I'm going to show uh... Whenever I do uh, years, somebody tells me. Uh, that oh no it was that year so I don't do years I just so you you, you brought the oh I've put a load of text on it you brought your camera with you so photography still uh-huh. is an important yes part of your life uh, uh, photography is always has been always will be uh, I love taking photos wherever I am I always because they're they're everywhere they're waiting to be taken and I just uh, do what I'm told. I can't find. Look, I can't. The internet lets you down. I can't find yeah. a decent. Oh, sod that. 
I'll show, I'll show you one later. It's, an inc- yeah. it's a beautiful picture oh, of yeah. him wistfully looking up and just and it's through the curtains. And But if you follow Mike on Twitter, you'll see he takes pictures all the time. It's brilliant. Oh. It's like little snapshots of your life. And mm. we yes, got look, we got, we got, got a birthday present for you. Oh, you're joking. There we go. Birthday for yesterday. Listen, you lot. If you all you're listening, I'm going to hold it up to the uh, camera microphone. <laughs> it's in lovely little uh, striped, like toothpaste, really. They've given me a block of toothpaste. Am I allowed to open? It live. Yeah, open it. It's oh, it's, your birthday's this, been and gone. Now so. listen, do you hear that ding? That shows, your medicine. that shows you how professional I am. <laughs> Always when you go into radio stations, turn your radio off. You don't off. give a shit about the rules. I do Catherine not. This. There was once one uh, thing uh, I had on my phone. Uh, it would go, and my one of the kids learned how to do a song on it. So instead of ding and the de 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 de, so whenever my phone rang, it would go. So embarrassing things like this yeah. would suddenly, and you're in a big royal function. There's the Lord Mayor, everyone in Majesty, another, and suddenly this bloody thing, and everyone goes, "Oh Christ!" And in fact, it's the guy, Morecambe and Wise's Eric Morton's son did this on a radio show. He said, oh, Christ, there's always one. And it was usually me. But the great thing is, when they're doing it in the Lord Mayor thing, and suddenly this thing goes off, and everyone's going, oh, my God. And then suddenly they're here, and they take it out very slowly. And the hatred suddenly turns into smiles. Because they like the song. Oh, can I? Hold on. You can. We've got the receipt, don't worry. Curb your enthusiasm. Look at this. This is what you might have fun with. This is, uh, viewers, this is a made in China. (laughs) Can you believe on the Ian Lee Kathy show it is a cell phone lens kit? Ooh. Oh, look at these lenses. Oh, it's actually quite a good present. Yeah. You were taking the bit. Yeah. I to take that back from you, McCartney. Listen, listen. On the iPhone, I just played in the Weirdos cartoon. I can put these on and all these lenses. That's very kind of you, Cathy. Cathy's You're welcome. Did, did you see where I went then? Yeah, you were That's right. very... No, no, you didn't hear. That's very kind of you, Cathy. Oi! See where I went then, he? Yeah, I you say, E, Liverpool, yeah, that's slang for Ian. I would have saved the breath. You will now be forever known as... Cathy. I like it. I like that. I can work with that. <laughs> it's a little token to say thank you for coming in. That is very, very Thank you for, you know, thank the you. records. We can't... We'll get you on the phone again when this comes out in April. And we'll oh, sell, good. We'll sell a few copies of it. Excellent. What's, what's coming up? Any, any... Apart from this coming out, obviously... I, I think... Else? I think uh, rap and drum will dominate... Sorry? I think rap and drill. Rap and drill. Oh, drill yeah. music. Yeah, who's your yeah. favourite drill artist? Uh, it's gonna, I think it's going to dominate twenty nine. Do you agree? <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. Who's your favourite drill artist? I think artist? Dab and uh, Dave and Frido. Yeah. <laughs> Funky Friday. You like that? Yeah, yeah, drill? definitely. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What do you think of Stormzy? Has Stormzy had his day? Yeah. Or? Well, you mean Michael? Yes. My mate Michael. Yes. Introduced Pistella to me. Yeah, my yeah. niece. Of course. This is Michael. This is my uncle Michael. <laughs> 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 You couldn't make this stuff up, and it's true. It's all true. Oh, no, it is. That's what's so ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Stella's introduced Michael to him. Yeah. I, well, I've got to finish this off. I'm yep. big on conceptually conceived collections of music yeah. that explore ideas over a longer narrative arc. <laughs> Janelle Monet with Dirty Computer comes to mind, man. 
Are you getting a fiver for each of these? <laughs> so what bet you? I just read it on the is, this, is someone getting murdered now on, on the back of this <laughs> code, code that you're issuing? Uh, Mike, uh, listen, we've been, we've been playing tracks from McGough, McGear, Woman. We're gonna, when we come back from the ads, we're going to play, um, we'll play track five, please, from that CD, which is, which is Benna, who's your youngest? My eldest daughter. I've your got eldest. six children. Uh, from Benna down to Sonny. Sonny is the. It's, it's great. They start a couple of these tracks on this with with Benna, just like doing nursery rhymes and stuff. Oh, uh, um, and then it goes into Sister, which is just a great kind of gospelly bluesy nice, song. Nice track. This is a strong album, man. This yeah, is a strong album, yeah. Mike. It's so it's so lovely to see you. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, lovely in. to meet you. Long last, Catherine. Nice to meet you. Well, Catherine, you know. So neither of you want to, an answer to Brexit then. I think we're out of time tonight. Oh no! Can you do it? Can you? I'll have to come back. Can you do an all answer week. to Brexit in one word? Yeah, uh, no. There you go. This is Talk Radio. Late night conversation. Wealth losing sleep over the late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk.
Oh, man. Well, we finally managed to get security up. They've kicked him out of the premises. He's gone. Uh, that is um, Sister from uh, Woman by Mike McGear, Michael McGear, as he's credited there. And um, man alive. So many gems hidden away on his records. It's just an absolute joy. Um, <laughs> he tapped Hendrix on the knee to cue him in. I mean, it just is ridiculous. Oh, three, we continue with nonsense, with chat, with whatever you fancy. Uh, we're not going to beat that. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. The late night alternative. Let's go to Paul. Good evening, Paul. All right. How are you like? I'd like to carry on talking on the Liverpool game like Mike McGeer did, but I know you know I don't talk like that, do I really? Oh, he was tricking us! How are you, mate? You all right? I'm all right, thank you very much, Paul. Yeah, I'm all right. I went and saw the, um... We went and saw the Laurel and Hardy movie tonight. Any good? John C. Riley and, uh, yeah, is it good? Well, first of all, I didn't know it was a thing. Right, me and Kath went, and we thought it was just a press screening. And there's loads of these press screenings where you rock up and they give you a bit, a bit of wine, a bit of food, then you go and watch it, right? That's right. Yeah. It, it, well, yeah. No, it was, a, it was a thing. It was a thing. I'm, I'm stood outside the toilet and Nigel Planer is there. And I, I, Yeah, and I, t- I spoke to Nigel Planer and I said, I've just got to say, Neil's heavy concept album is great. Then we go downstairs. Then there's, there's Steve Coogan there. There's John Thompson there. There's Richard Herring there. There's um, there's Dara O'Brien there. There's Alan Carr there. There's James Acaster there. There's, there's Arthur Smith. There's the Frank Skinner. Everybody the was there. It, it was a thing. And then the late the PR woman said, "Ian, can we come and get you for some photos, please?" Now, I'm stood there in a t-shirt and a hoodie because I just thought it was. Course, I didn't think yeah. it was a thing. I thought no, it was no, a screen. No. A screen. I didn't know it was a thing. And so I went. Well, I'd rather not. They said, "Oh, come on." So then you're going to see, you know, you see pictures of, of celebrities at events and there's like a board yeah, behind no. them with the name of where they are and they oh, all look yeah. all glamorous and stuff. Well, you're going to see some pictures tomorrow of um, all these big stars there looking very smart in suits and then me in a, in a grey hoodie and T-shirt and dirty jeans looking like, what, what am I doing? What am I doing? Uh- well, at least I personally know that uh, it's a miscommunication somewhere that actually got to put you in that situation yeah, as it, opposed to, um, you know, the norm. So it's no, it's a miscommunication. Hey, I've just realised this is Paul Innocent, isn't it? The actor. That's right, it is. I've, um, I've, been loitering, I've been loitering in your tube. In your YouTube. Yeah, thank in you your for YouTube. subscribing. Yeah, I, I noticed you subscribed on Sunday. I thought, my God, how lucky am I? No, you know, ha- so no, I no, 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 Paul. No, Paul. How lucky am I? Because I got to watch you. I watched the video. He's got, he's got a channel. YouTube. What, is, what do they look for on YouTube to find it, Paul? Um, just the Paul Innocent channel. The right, Paul we, Innocent channel. I, I, would, I would say do less of them with your top off. I know you're, you're a good-looking guy. You're oh, my, but, there. But, I do a lot at home. I'm, I'm so sorry Put, put some that. clothes on. Excuse it's that. Paul Innocent, yeah. right, the actor. Oh, yes. And um, I was just telling him about the, um, the, 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 the Stan and Ollie thing and how we didn't know it was a thing. When it was turns out it was a yeah. thing, but 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 I've been I've been looking at your channel and there's it's, I've subscribed to his YouTube channel. It's well worth having a look at. Tell the story. Oh, tell the story of you travelling halfway across the country, leaving your house at five in the morning or whatever it was for oh. an audition. Yeah, uh, well, that was uh, a, a, a theatre, a children, um, a children's theatre. I, I trained at a big drama school for classical theatre, as you know. Yeah. And uh, I got up about 4.30 in the morning and got on an early morning train from Houston up to the Midlands. And I was beat. I was dreadfully tired by the time I got there. 
Um, and uh, the coach came and picked us up, uh, you know, from the uh, national station and took us to the TIE. That's a theatre and education uh, theatre up in, uh, I think it's yeah, somewhere in the middle. It may have actually been in Leeds. I'm not quite, I can't quite remember. But anyway, I got there and there was this woman in her late 60s, early 70s. Yeah. Speaking to about seven or eight of us actors, and about ten minutes into the speaking and preaching, I just went out and uh, suddenly, suddenly I heard someone go, <laughs> and I thought, oh, right, I'm here, of course. Obviously, I didn't get the job, you know. They, he they, fell asleep in an audition. What? It, this, <laughs> this, this guy was is an actor and he fell asleep in an audition. I was zonked. Ian, I was zonked. I really was. I didn't try. But he, so I no guess way he, out. Here's, here's the thing. If ever you're asked, look, Paul, well, how, how do you make it in showbiz? What's your one tip? You should say, well, here's my tip. Don't fall asleep in auditions. Precisely. Don't do that, yeah. for sure. I mean, you know... Although to achieve that level of relaxation as an actor is quite something. Yes. Well, yeah, I know first, second and third self-concentration, darling, works. But this, <laughs> some sort of... Uh, way out circle I'd never encountered an audition, I must say, but uh, there you are. I mean, she she took it personally. She thought it was like the fact, she thought I thought that she was being boring with what she was saying. And, yeah, it was uh, her fault. It was her fault. Yeah. I was tired. I literally was tired. I was zonked out, you know. How I, many I, auditions, I, how many auditions you do in a month, Paul? How's, how's, it, how's it going? Well, these days, I've got to be, obviously, I've got an agent, and I have to do nine to five at the moment, so I've tried to put them on hold, but sometimes, you know, you can get up to three or four a week sometimes, oh. and a lot of it's commercials, yeah. you get the occasional movie, uh, sometimes TV, sometimes stage, oh. but uh, if it's paying, then you, you go along. Um, that's the art of being an actor, and you've got to fit it around your day job, yeah. and stay alive, and be in one piece. Um, you know, I've got about seven or eight videos I'd recommend uh, people to watch because some of them are quite educational that I put on my channel. Are these the ones with your top top off though? Because I don't. No, I've not recommended any of them. No, I'm not going to recommend any of those. They're they're not for no, no. No. I recommended the um, uh, what is it? Uh, The difference between acting and mimicry, episode seventy-three. I've recommended that. there's also episode 75, how black actors from outside London, they're here. Oh. That would be, um, oh. you know. Um, we're not going to do the Australian surf do. We can do that one if you want. You only see my face, you don't see my top. That's fine. Okay. Yeah, that's episode 101. There's episode 153 with Anthony Hopkins, if you want fame. You know, it's just when you get to the top, there's nothing there. <laughs> you know, it's all a lie. It's all nonsense. Oh, um, so I've got that one. I episode love you, Paul. If I, if I was a casting agent... Um, I would be giving you. I would be giving you too many jobs. You'd be turning down oh, jobs for me. You'd be falling asleep on set. You'd be so tired. Yeah, exactly. Um, but because oh, I like you, Paul. I like you a lot, Paul. I think you're one of the good guys. Well, oh, thank you. My friends all say I'm a good guy. I was brought up well by parents, and I got a lot of love, and that kept me sane and stable in the head. We've got a few people in our industry who aren't quite the sane and stable by the lack of love, unfortunately. Well, not. the um, who's who's Chris, Christian Bale's um, nuts. Oh, the, um, who's the Australian man who smashes phones? Oh, Russell Crowe. Russell Flaming Crowe here. Russell Crowe. Russell Flaming Crowe. He seems to Russell the one who goes mad on Flaming Hotels here when uh, the man doesn't give what he wants. He throws the whole. No, it's not quite as camp as that. He, he seems to have calmed down quite a lot, though, doesn't All he? Right, actors that have calmed down. Russell Crowe, the Irish lad, oh. in the phone box. Yeah, Colin Farrell. Oh, you mean, you mean Colin Farrell right here and now, Colin Farrell. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's gone to America tonight. He's calmed right down. Would we say Gibson has calmed down now? No. Well, no, I don't think, I don't think we've seen half of that. Kiefer Sutherland. I don't think he was ever yeah, wild. he was oh. a bit of a bad one, wasn't he? he oh, was there's fine. a video. 
There's a video of him crashing into a Christmas tree. Have you seen the video where um, uh, Kiefer Sutherland sees a, a mugging? Have you seen that? He drives past... This is, this is great. He, Kiefer Sutherland he drives past a mugging and he reverses yeah. and gets out of the car, but they're actually filming a TV programme. <laughs> and, oh, and he doesn't... No, he, does, he doesn't Somebody quite get that far. That but he reverses oh. to go and help them out. Oh, he, may, he may just shout out of the window, you know, Oi, put that, Oi leave him alone. And they go, Oh, no, God, no, we're, we're filming. Sorry, we're filming, Kiefer. It's, it's lovely. <laughs> Respect to him and for that. Filmed that incident. He must look like a right plonker. Oh my! No, he looks like a hero, Paul. The hero that we all dream of being. Paul, always nice to talk to you. Go and check out Paul Innocent on YouTube. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. This is the late night alternative with Cath uh, E uh, on Talk Radio. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Uh, my friend James. Hello, James. Nice to um, speak to you. Uh, James, um, what did you direct that I did, James? Oh, you no, did. but he said he'd get me a job in America, and I'm still waiting. Oh, there, he's full of shit. But um, we, he, he directed a weird thing I did in the sky. Um, he's found a picture of me um, at the, the Stan and Ollie thing. Yeah. I, I look fat. You don't? I look like, I shut up, I look fat! Right. Um, I, I'm tweeting it now. That is a man who was not prepared. Everyone else is wearing suits, looking smart. I've just tweeted it. And it's me literally going, why are you taking a picture of me? I'm just wearing a hoodie. <laughs> I'm wearing a really dirty hoodie that I slept in last night. Outrageous. I know, it was cold and I slept in it. Um, well, should we do, I mean, oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. by the way. I haven't got anything else planned for the show. Um... So Stan and Ollie, the film. Right. I suppose we've got to do it, haven't we? Yeah. I don't want it to be like the death of Stalin, where I was the only one that came up going, um, I don't really like that. But Stan and Ollie, John C. Riley, who I'm a huge fan of. I think he's wonderful in Step Brothers. He's incredible as Dr. Steve Brule. He's, he's hilarious um, in the, the Wreck-It Ralph movies. I think he's brilliant. He is great yeah. in this. Particularly, I think, when he's playing... Um, Oliver Hardy towards the end of his life when he was really big. Yeah. When he put on a lot of weight. At that point, I stopped seeing John C. Yeah, Riley yeah. and I just saw Oliver it was Hardy. Oliver Hardy. He, he was Oliver Hardy. It was it was brilliant as Oliver Hardy. There is there's, there's no getting around it. And the, the mannerisms and the... There's all the things you want from it. There's a lot of... Mm, mm, and all that stuff is all in there, yeah. right? I thought it was made with love. Yeah, yeah. A lot of care and attention, a lot of attention to detail, some beautiful attention to the mannerisms. I mean, Steve Coogan, the eyebrows with oh, uh, and the facial expressions. The, the, the you reconstructions know. from from the the Way Out West film when they're they're doing the the dance yeah. is amazing. I want they, they 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 film a bit of a Laurel Hardy film that was never filmed, Robin Hood, right? Which the script probably exists, and they film a bit. And the one thing that really annoyed me about that was there's a bit where Oliver Hardy falls off into a river and he's looking at the camera and pulls a fish out and stuff like that. Do you know what really annoyed me about that? Is if that had been a, a, a Laurel and Hardy film, this is a really easy thing, if that had been a Laurel and Hardy film, That him sitting up in the water, looking to camera, pulling the fish out, would have been all one shot. But they had about two or three different shots in it, and that really annoyed me. But John C. Riley's incredible. There's some incredible bits, no spoilers, but they have an argument in it. That argument scene I thought was wonderful. I thought it was really beautifully done and it had a lot of the um, the tension that, that was between the two and I thought that was really interesting and really great. And the rest of it I thought was a bit... 
I thought, and I don't want to do it down because I really wanted to love it, and everyone else will love it. It'll only be me that doesn't love it. The the wives were a comic turn. Um, I want. I really wanted to love it. I really wanted to love that film because no. I, you know, grew up with Laurel and Hardy, yeah. and I really admire. You know, I think Coogan's a brilliant actor. Oh, Coogan's great. Coogan was there. Coogan did a little bit before the the thing. I love Coogan. You got, you got, I love Coogan. He's, he's one of the, he's one of the greatest comedy actors ever. I don't know whether, and this is right, this is going to sound really poncy. And what do I know? But here's what I thought: they didn't give him enough to play with. Mm. You know, there was there's a real darkness around Stan Laurel, and he just didn't get to it really. And I think he could have done it brilliantly, but. It just sort of seemed to scrape along the surface. I came away feeling a little bit disappointed. But, 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 I do... Um, uh, <laughs> thank you, Sammy. I tweeted the picture of me going, I, I was not dressed for uh, for the picture, you know, for pictures. And Sammy, Sammy's just saying, no one minds, you saved a man's life. Oh, yeah, so I did. Thank you, Sammy. <laughs> uh, no, right. there, there was a man who was dressed to go to the pictures, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a man who was go- dressed to go to a thing... <laughs> where people were schmoozing beforehand. You, you, and Joe is right. The, the hair is the hair is looking good. I've got to say the, hair, the hair's looking good at the moment. Um, what it made me want to do is it made me want to go home and crack open my my Laurel and Hardy box set. That is Saturday. Saturday's cracking that open and steam. I'm putting on way out west, steaming through it. There are a couple of really beautiful moments. The the argument. And then there's a couple of moments where, you know, the friendship between the two really came out. I had a little tear in my eye. I did too. A tear, a tear popped so out. It's not a stinker by no, any no, means. No, 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 no. And it's, it, it, it's, um, uh, it was, it was, you know, it looked stunning. Um, it just, okay, here, here, it left me a little bit flat. And there were bits that I found a little bit boring, if I'm completely honest. But you were sitting next to. Possibly the most irritating <laughs> cinema man in the world ever. Yeah, right? his phone out for the whole, nearly the whole time. Text, texting. You said he was taking pictures of the screen, which is which is illegal. Yeah, he was taking pictures of the screen. Fact. So I was looking across, thinking, right, I know we're all on the back row, but I'm sitting next book, next door, at one, but one to you, and you've been on that for ages to the point where I'm, I, I find myself looking across to see if you're still on the phone, and, and yes, he was. But here's the thing, he was he was texting all the way through it, but then occasionally he'd look at the screen and he would do like the random laugh. The yeah. random loud laugh. <laughs> now, <laughs> that's great. Because this, that's this great. was a private screening at a posh hotel in Soho, we, it was just full of the, you know some of the most famous comedians around at the moment. And uh, Mel Sykes was there, Alan Carr, Daro Bree, and James Arthur Acaster. Smith. I saw James Acaster, Skinner, uh, Richard Herring, um, and others. Yeah, people that we didn't probably notice. Um, so I. Had it been the cinema, I mean, we were sat in the in the back row, and so he probably thought he could get away with it. Had it been the cinema, I would have turned to him and said, mate, please. But because it was a screening, I don't know if there are different rules at screening. Well, because it's kind of work. Yeah. yeah but, I, it was rude. It but was they rude. want you to concentrate. They've invited you there to concentrate on their work, something they're really proud of. I think it's really disrespectful. To people around you and to people who've invited you to go and watch something. It is a special thing, really. Steve, Steve tweeted, to, in response to that picture, Ian doing his best dad in a car ferry cafe <laughs> on the way to an archery weekend pose. It's a very elaborate scenario, but I get exactly what you mean. <laughs> Thank you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, in the loose, I was complimented on my jumper. Uh, 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 were you? Yeah. Wowzers. I'm wearing my Hilda Ogden jumper with the flying ducks on it. It is pretty cool. 
Hey, look, celebrities are, are liking my tweet. Matt Haig, Mark Watson, celebrities. Um, People of substance. Hey, Matt says, Matt Haig says, love this. This is so me. Um, well, I'm going to, do you know what? I'm keeping it real. Keeping it real for the dads out there, for the divorced men out there, for the lonely people. <laughs> yeah, you're saying that now, but at the time you're going, oh, God, I didn't know it was a good thing. What, what have I wearing? What, did I, what was I thinking? Why didn't they tell me? I thought it was funny. That was funny. Um, but I t- uh, also, here's the thing, here's the thing. Uh, sorry, just replying to... Uh, uh, also, part of me thinks maybe I didn't quite enjoy it as much as, as as I was trying to explain this to you in the car, and I don't think I managed to get it across a bit, and I don't I don't quite know how to explain it very well because it doesn't actually make sense. But and we, I, I made myself go and talk to Richard Herring because I know him a little bit because I've met him three times, so I made myself go and talk to Richard Herring, and that was tough because I did say we were just stood there, and I did say I can't stand this. Let's just go and stand outside in the street for 10 minutes and come back when the film starts. And as we were going... Because it did feel like everyone else in the room knew each yeah, other. Yeah. And then as we were going to go and stand outside, I said, I made myself say, let's just go and say hello to Richard. And we went and said hello to Richard. And of course, it was lovely because he's a nice guy and we met his wife. And I said to him, I feel so uncomfortable. We're just going to go out and get some air. And then we went to the, saw the cinema was open, so we went and sat down. But um, a lot of those people are friends. Like like Frank Skinner was joking with Richard and with Arthur Smith and Dara O'Brien came in with A. Caster and then they were chatting to Alan Carr and Nell Sykes and, and Gam- Gambo was there and all these people. Gambo was on his own, though. Gambo was on his own, but he started talking to Jenny Murray. Yeah. And it, th- th- not those older, the older people, the younger, the comedians. It ju- and I just thought, I don't fit in with any of you. I don't fit in with any of you. And it reminded me of when the 11 o'clock show was big, a show that I did 20 years ago, when that was big. And I never fitted in, I never fitted in with anybody then. And a lot of people, I remember the 11 o'clock show and like Gervais coming back one day and saying, oh, I, was, I, I, I met, um, I'll never forget Gervais told me this, right? This is a weird thing. Gervais was at, came, back to the, came back to film the 11 o'clock show one day and said, oh, I, I, I went out last night and I, was, I got talking to David Baddiel. This was like when it was being famous was all really new to us. I said, well, how did that happen? He said, well, David Baddiel just came over and started talking to me, to Gervais. And I said, what are you doing talking to me? I'm a nobody. And Baddiel said, I'll never forget this, Baddiel said, oh, no, you're one of us now. Oof. Yeah. But was he joking a bit? Might have been. Yeah. Don't know, might have been. Uh, might have been. And... I remember hearing that and thinking, oh, because I don't feel like one of yous. I don't feel like one of yous. And I've never been one of yous. I've never been one of them lot. I, uh, I, I've never... Um, I've, I've always been, from the 11 o'clock show, from before the 11 o'clock show, but from the 11 o'clock show when I got on telly, um, I've always been an outsider to everyone else in terms of this industry. The only kind of frank, real... Well, I've got, I suppose, Danny Wallace and Mackenzie Crook, but it's because I kind of knew Mackenzie before. But I don't have Richard Herring's phone number. I don't have Dara O'Brien's phone number. But even when I was, like, proper famous, in inverted commas, and I'm aware how ridiculous that sounds, I'm doing it as a shorthand. Even when I was proper famous, I didn't... Mo- I never moved in those circles. I went to a few red carpet events. I went to a few do's and was just... I don't speak the language. But then I don't also... Also don't speak the language amongst civilians you know i don't speak that language i was going to say that to you right how many friends proper friends have you got because you only have proper friends really don't you 
that you keep in touch like with. Four? Yeah. And unfortunately, you're one of them. Yeah, and I'm flipping brilliant. So what well the? done on that. Listen, do you think all those people are real friends? Nah. Yeah, no, I think I think a lot of... Uh, no, no. Well, it looks no. like that way from the outside, but I bet it's not. I'll suck my balls. Wow. <laughs> I don't know where Listen, that... we're friends. We're not that friendly. Uh, let's go to Jerry. Good evening, Jerry. Evening, Jerry. Sorry, just shouting from there, shouting rescue tablet. A rescue tablet? Yeah, Tim. Are you freezing? Yeah, freezing. All right. Yeah, it'll be all right. Got some good news. Go on, what's happening? I can tell you this. I've got one-to-one care. Hey! That's brilliant, man! Hey, Tim, started properly straight. It's gone really well. How, um, how many hours a day? 24. I'm just trying to wait for a private conversation. And then, do you want to please tip it off? It's all Well, it should be all right. Um, yeah, 24 hour one to one. Hey, mate, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Well done. That's your. Hang on, Nicole. Shut up. How are you feeling about it? I think we've done a couple of bad previews. But I was stuck on the floor every ten minutes. Mm. Before I was stuck on the floor. Mm-hmm. It's that good. It's that happy. Do you oh. sound all right tonight? You sound, um, you sound mellow. You sound a little bit tight around the lip, but easy to understand. I'm trying not to fart while you're talking to me. Oh, flipping No, it. I am. I'm really trying, but I actually, I just uh, you then swearing at me like that, Catherine, caused me I'm to... I'm not swearing. I'll caused swear me to drop you. one. Oh, you're victim blaming. You caused me to drop one. <laughs> I want a really good. Um, oh, here we go. I want a really good um, Stan Laurel biography. That's what I want. I've got, got the box set. I've I've got the box set. A big I haven't. Uh, well, still, still some missing in there. Still some missing. Yeah, and here's something I didn't know from the end of that film was that after all Spoil- of that. Spoiler. No, I think it's well known, isn't it? Okay. That after Oliver Hardy died, Stan Laurel carried on writing for them. Yeah. Because he didn't know what else to do. Isn't that tragic? Or brilliant? I don't know. I want Jesus Um, Jerry, we've got to go because I've got to try and find a Stan Laurel biography to buy on Amazon. And that can only be done whilst the news is on. And the news is coming soon. So. And I'm going to vacate the area until the air clears. You're going to make me a coffee lady, lady, coffee lover, coffee lady lover. This is The Late Night Alternative with Ian and Kath on Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. We'll drink a drink a drink to Lily the Pink. So they gave him medicinal compound And now he's learning how to fly Brother Tony was known to be bony He would never eat his meals And so they gave him medicinal compound And now they move him 
round on wheels. Wheels, drink a drink a drink to Lily, the pink, the pink, the pink, the savior of the human race. For she invented medicinal compounds, most efficacious in every case. Old Ebenezer thought he was Julius Caesar, and so they put him in a home where they gave him medicinal compounds. Four 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 nine nine one thousand. Rich is um, unhappy on the old uh, Textington. Oh no! Why? Such first world bullshit you are spouting. Your listeners remember them. Don't care about your so self indulgence rubbish tonight. Colon dash open bracket. Too self indulgent tonight, says Rich and Alva Church. Isn't it a bit self-indulgent to not only shout at the radio, but vocalise it and then send it to the person, write it down, then send it to the person that you're annoyed with? But then you can go through 
Rich's other t- Rich tw- texts us texts us a oh, lot. Does he? A lot. Okay. Last uh, text. Share it with the group. Again, I ask, please, bang, Caddick. Duplicity, ego-seeking, moronic asshole. He is not a true listener, strong follower of your show, and his most irritating semicolon dash close bracket. When, if you come to Birmingham, equals I will fight him to shut him up. As always, love your show. Have a lovely evening. But um, duplicity. What? what, what? Um, and there's loads of te- loads of uh, texts. Caddick cannot do duplicity. There's just loads of texts saying he loves the show, loves the show, always loves the show, always loves the show. All right, Rich, so there's, there's, there was ten minutes you didn't love tonight. Okay, listen, Th- here's the thing. Thanks for sharing. Here's the thing, Rich. I'm guessing. I'm Because get- he's oh, it's always positive texts we get from him. It's always. So I'm guessing there's something going on for you tonight that has affected your judgment. Allow me to say this. I hope whatever it is, not that affected your judgment, that's clouded your judgment. Slightly different. Whatever it is, I hope it gets sorted, and I hope that if you've had a lousy day, I hope to, you sleep well, you rest well, and tomorrow you have a better day. That's what I hope for, OK? But also remember that I'm a real human being. That sex bot there! Bang! <laughs> is that what they do? Mm-hmm. That lady there is a real human being. Didn't mean to call you a sex bot. That was disrespectful to sex bots. Um, well, you're human beings, man. Come on. Send, you know, you listen to the show. You know sending stuff like that. There's no need for it. If you don't like it, you know that you'll like something we do in the next ten minutes. Also, let's all just chill out. It's a bit of chit-chat, that's all. And also, yes, of course I remember my listeners. The shows, we, 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 are, we are crafting the best shows for our listeners ever. You're not listening to the first hour and a half, first 90 minutes. What a great guest. Well, great. So, Rich... I forgive you. Hey, here's some good news. I took my... Oh, spoiler alert. I passed. I shouldn't have said good news. Anyway, I took my theory, <laughs> my theory test for my motorcycle today. Motor, I don't want to learn motorcycle. All I want is an A1 licence that allows me to ride up to 125ccs. And everywhere I go, they say, so you're going to do the A2 so you can ride a motorbike? No. Oh, you, you won't be able to ride a motorbike then. You'll only, you'll only be allowed to ride scooters up to 125ccs. Yeah, I've got zero interest in riding a motorbike. I, I like ha- poodling. I had the same happen to me today. I'd arranged to go back to the um, the motorbike riding school uh, that I passed my CBT with. And they went, oh, nice to see you again. Okay, yeah. cool. So, um, I mean, have you ridden a geared bike before? I went, no, I'm not interested in riding a geared bike. I've come so I can ride this bike that I've come on. With no L plates on, please. And with with, a, with someone uh, holding onto my back. Well, you do I mean, pillion. Once necessary. you get rid of the L plates, you go pillion. Yeah. But uh, they were very surprised. Everyone assumes you want to ride, one wants to ride a motorbike. I've got no interest. Don't. I never look at. I don't, okay, it might change when I get this license. I don't think it will. I don't, certainly don't look at motorbikes and go, oh, I love pootling. It feels edgy enough doing 60 yeah, on mine, to be honest. It. That's all I want is, is the wind in my helmet and stand, please. It, all it is, pop into the shops or, or, or going out for... It makes my eyes water, actually, when the wind goes in my helmet. Going out for an afternoon and having a little picnic somewhere, which we will do. It just makes me feel alive. It makes me feel happy. That's it. It makes me feel happy. Yeah. Riding that to the shops and back makes me feel happy, more so than walking or driving or getting the bus. Do you know what it is? There's a sort of level of... Because uh, you've got to concentrate so yep. much. You're in that moment. You don't... You don't exposure. Re- you can open your visor a little bit. You can smell the cafes and people cutting their lawns, and and you just 
I don't know, you, there's a sort of meditation thing to it. I don't know. I just find that I've come back ten times more relaxed than I went out on it. Uh, so anyway, I went and did the theory test today. You've got to do a theory test, then you've got to do module one and module two. And I had the theory test book for the end of January. And then yesterday I just thought, I think I'm as ready as I'm going to be. Getting most of the questions, test questions right in this book. Um, and I looked online and there was one free today. So I booked it for two o'clock today. And I went into this test centre on a trading estate. And it was this lovely young woman behind the counter, very friendly. And it's all kids in there. It's primarily kids who are learning to drive for the first time in there. Uh, with a few older people, but it's mainly kids. And I said to this young woman, I said, I, said, I don't know why, but I'm so nervous. I'm really nervous. I said, because this doesn't, this isn't important. I've, I can drive. This is like just a little bonus thing. And if I fail today, I, can, I know I can come back next week and try again. And I said, but I'm really nervous. And um, you have to empty your pockets and take your coats and jackets off. I wasn't allowed to take my bottle of water in. Could you take a see-through pencil case in? No. Packet of polos? Nothing. What? They give you a locker, and the key to the locker was on um, like a big, it was on a wooden spoon. Right, I don't know why. I found 20 pence in the locker. Shh, don't tell anyone. And so I put the stuff in the locker, and I had to read a thing. You know that thing when they give you a thing to read, and you just you pretend you just hold it long enough so it looks like you've read it. But you just, I wasn't reading it. And I turned it over. And what was it about? I don't know, I didn't read it. Just holding it. Probably like about security or something, I don't know. All right, yeah. Um, then you go, I had to go and sit with another woman who asked me a couple of questions. I gave her my driving licence and she inputted me into a computer. And she said, right, just check, are your pockets empty? I said, yeah, yeah. She said, I'm going to have to ask you to stand up and just pull out your pockets. So I had to, I had to stand up. And I had, to, I, had to do, I had to do that. I had to pull my pockets out. I go, there's nothing there. Half the elephant. And I had to turn around and slap my ass. <laughs> there's nothing there. But there was something there. It was a £2 coin. I said, oh, there's two, there's two pounds. She goes, I'm going to have to ask you to put that in the locker, please. Gosh, £2 coin. I said, I had the answer. The, the highway code could ring be on there. a microfiche. And then you go in and you sit. Sorry if this is old news to everyone that's done it. And Derek and Dion, I will come to you in a minute. Promise. Derek, you'll be first. You go and sit in like a like a little workstation, and there's a computer, and you click on. Oh, the like mouse. a Carol, like in the library at university. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like that. So oh, I, I used to get some good sleep in there. Yeah, Carols they were called. Okay, um, and uh, you click on it, and it says it gives you the instructions. It says you're going to be asked this and this and this. You're going to do the the multiple choice, fifty questions first. You got you got an hour to do it, and then you can have a three minute break where you're allowed to leave if you want, and then you can do you got to do the hazard awareness. Do you have a break? I didn't have a break. No, you got an hour to do the first section. I did the whole thing in twenty-five minutes. Boom. The whole thing, and so you get these fifty questions in multiple choice, right? And the first fifteen, I'm looking at it. What my technique was: read the question, don't look at the four options. What do I think the answer is? Oh, there it is. Like, like I would do a millionaire. Right? <laughs> question comes: What do I think the answer is? Okay, I think I know the answer. Is it up there? It's there. Boom, I'm in. And, and then I was like, it's there. Let me just double check the others. No, it's that. I'm going with mm-hmm. that. Right. So, so first 15, boom, boom, boom. Slap, 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 slap. Boom, boom, boom. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, that feels so good. Naughty lady. Right. He gets to question 16. And it was like a technical question about motorbikes. Yeah. Oh, no. Hey, I know a way how to change the oil in hours now. I'll oh, show on. you. All right, thanks. There's a little thing down the side. Brilliant, thank I've you. Never seen before. How would I test it? You can see through a little hole, mm. a peephole. This is, these are great days. No dipstick required. Um, well, then uh, there is one to, to ride yours. You, you are a dipstick. <laughs> thank you. Um, 
So, and it got to, like, question 16, and suddenly it was one I didn't know, and I thought, OK, well, it's fair enough. We're, we're about a fifth of the way through. About time I had something a bit challenging. Yeah, 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 we're a quarter of the way through. But about time we had a, a tough one. All right, fine, I'll try and work it out, can't work it And then, like, the next three, four, five, I'm thinking, I don't, I don't know the answer. Uh-oh. I, do, I do not know. There was a couple where it was, like, between one, between two, a couple of signs that I didn't know, and I'm pretty good at signs. I didn't know the signs. What were the signs? One was a yellow rectangle of two children holding hands. Uh-huh, yeah. Back of the school bus, innit? Yeah! Back of the bus! Got it right! Because <laughs> then it came up, is it is it uh, school bus or is it children crossing? No, and no, I'm no. thinking That would be in a... Yeah, you're right. What triangle. would it be in? It would be in a, a triangle, triangle. For warning. Um, so, I got, so, so I got that right. But there was a few and I, 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 I just didn't know. I just didn't know. And towards the end of the... Um, then I got a load more right, obviously. Then there was a few more I thought, well, I don't know. And towards the end of the 50 questions, we got an hour, and I, I did that in 18, 17 minutes. Yeah, we heard, we heard the yes, 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 yes I and think, yes. I, I thought, I think I failed. Oh. I think I, spent, I was very nervous. And then I just thought, oh, I think I failed. I think I've got too many. There are too many. There aren't enough that I'm co- I know for sure, 100%. There, there are a few that I, I, I think I failed. Oh, oh well, I'll, I'll do the hazard awareness. So then you get to watch these animations. They're really good animation, actually. For a while, I thought it was film, but it's animation. You have to click the mouse every time. Um, every time, like a hazard comes up, but if you click it too many times, you fail. I think you'd have to click it like thirteen times. Because yeah. if you click it all the time, it means you're one of those people who goes out the front door and is like, "Ah, bird!" <laughs> but I, ah! every time, every time, there were fourteen of them, and they went off for bloody ages. And every time one started, as soon as one started, I clicked. Because I could see a hazard. Yeah. So every time I, cl- I clicked, every dead. time it started, hazard. Mainly the hazard was like the road, but it was like click. <laughs> so I clicked. But I, I, and, and I must admit, in the middle couple, I kind of dozed off a bit. Because I zoned out. It was like boring. And I thought, well, I've already failed. And I was setting my, psyching myself up. And then I finished after literally like, just a little bit over 20 minutes. And you've got an, an hour and a half, I think, to do the whole thing. And I went out, and I went and sat with the woman uh, who'd, who'd signed me in. And I was chatting to her. She said, oh, by the way, you don't need to sit with me. You get your results down there at the entrance. So I went to the end, and I thought, I failed. So I went to the entrance, I opened my locker, got my stuff out, got my two pounds out, got the 20 pence out that I found. Tried your eyes. Tried my eyes. And the, um, you have to give them your driving licence so they know it's you. And they give you a letter with it folded over. But So it says your name at the top. It's folded over the re- result. And I thought, I'm not opening it in front of them because... Uh, I looked like a dick. So I got out. And I genuinely, I believe, I, t- I totally thought I'd failed. I got out. I went round to the corner. I got to my car. And as I approached my car, I thought, well, I'll have a look. I bloody well passed it. But only just. Only just. So the first section, 50 questions, you've got to get 43 out of 50. 44. That is a clear pass. That is a clear pass. Okay? 44. The second one, the hazard perception, you've got to get 44 out of 75. I got 44. Oh, oh, Jammy. I got 44. On the double, there's one where there's, there's one that's a double hazard. I didn't get any. And there were t- there were three scenarios where I didn't get any of the hazards. Was it like, I don't know, a baby in a pushchair that no. had a knife? Well, there's one where you're driving along in the country and I thought, I bet a deer's going to run out in front of me. And yeah, like a herd of deer followed by a dog ran out in front of you. Fenton. So I got that, Fenton. So I got that. But, oh, 44. You 44. Jammy, jammy, jammy. So, everyone, 
The roads are going to get a little bit more. So now I've got a book. Oh, and I'll do that tomorrow. I've, I've got. I need the letter. Tomorrow, I'm going to book the, the practical driving test, module one, twenty minutes. But in that, you have to do. Sorry, I hope this isn't too self-indulgent for you, Rich. Or you can go and kiss that. He's uh, showing you the bird. By the way, Rich. You, but Rich, you must have had a bad day, man, because you know we talk about our days in the show. That's what the show is. You put in. Um. So again, I'm peace and love. I love you, brother. Uh, <laughs> But, but don't be such a grump. Don't, don't be such, don't take your grumpiness out on us. Go on, man. Go on, don't, don't text your abuse to LBC. Uh, don't text abuse to anyone. So, but the, in 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 the, the the module A, you've got to do the the figure of eight, which I really struggled with the figure We've of eight. Got big I'm, handlebars. That's why wide handlebars. I'm a big lad. Oh, I'm a small person mm. on a big handlebar bike. So, um, what we need to do is we need to meet in a car park. I don't. I've got a lesson. Have you booked a lesson? Oh, are you? Sorry. Yeah, I've got, got... Inst- I've got an instructor. What? He's going to sort me out. I'm not winging it. Flipping it, really? You've got me on my back. I told you're you. You're a traitor. I told you. You're a traitor. You said, to... oh, I'm ready to do it. I think I can do it. Oh, I'm like, fair enough. You're a traitor to wanna... IAKMCC. Well. Ian and Kath's Motorcycle Club. The Motorcycle Club is going to need... Tell him he's... Well, he's straight after the break. We're going to Derek. The Motorcycle Club is going to need, I don't know, a leader. And uh, she should be the high qualified right, member. Okay. First one to pass the test is the leader of the motorcycle club, yeah? Yeah, but what if I'm a better driver? First one to pass the test is the leader of the motorcycle club, yeah? Yeah? I'm not I'm not shaking that. <gasps> I'm not sh- touching your soggy palm. <laughs> Spit on your hand and shake my hand. She licked it. So the first one to pass is the leader of the motorcycle club, right. yeah? Well, I mean, the first one to take the test isn't necessarily going to be the first one that passes. Oh, isn't it? The second one to take the test might not be the first one to pass it. Well, then I should be asking for a refund. <laughs> this is Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Say that again. What did you just say to me? <laughs> the first, this is from Agence France Presse News Agency. Yeah. The first nudist restaurant in Paris is being forced to close. Why? Because it can't put enough bums on seats. No. Yes. Didn't we talk about this? Uh, there's one in Ing- there's one in London, isn't there? There was about three years ago, and it closed down. Oh, really? Because Why? People are not um, because they couldn't get enough um, uh, balls. Hang on, is there another better mm. joke than that? Let me see. They there wasn't a big enough crack in the market. Uh, no. Mm. Couldn't crack the market. Couldn't. Mm. Um. Okay, I'll work on that. Give, give, come, come and see me in March. The first nudist restaurant in the French capital has been forced to close because it cannot put enough bombs on seats. Oh, naturel will draw the curtain on nude fine dining Cur- in Paris. So naturel <laughs> curtains on nude fine dining in Paris in February after a little over a year, despite rave reviews from diners who shed their clothes to slurp oysters and hey! fe- and feast on snails, foie gras, chow down on kebabs, <laughs> sausages, as- asparagus. But to avoid financial embarrassment, twins... What other food looks like a vagina or a penis? You carry on, I'm going to think of vagina and penis-shaped foods. A nice peach? Mike and Stefan Sada said they were having to close. It's now or never, they urge the curious. Winkles? Wanting to experience the last nude diner in Paris. Plums? Before they bring down the shutters in February 16th. Shutters, like... um, On February 16th. We count on you to support us, they wrote on Facebook. We thank everyone for taking part in this adventure. We will only remember the good moments and the no, great the people accent. we met. 
We are counting on you to support us, they wrote on Facebook. We thank everyone for taking part in this adventure. We will only remember the good moments and the great people we met. Dirty. And, and, and the lovely boobies that we saw. <laughs> we were ogling the boobies. The beautiful bottom. I want to ogle the boobies. Unfortunately, the cleaning of the chairs from the skitters... <laughs> Was, it was costing us too much. They left skid marks upon the chair. So we are closing down the restaurant. And there will be no more. will be dirty, naughty lady bomb-bombs in the nudie. Au naturel, a play on the French phrase for naked was seen yeah, as a sign know. that naturism was becoming even more mainstream in a country which is the world's top destination for nude tourism. Four million people holiday in the nude in France every year. With a new summer nudist zone in Paris's biggest park, naked stand-up comedy nights, oh, dirty. dirty, and museum visits. I mean, what difference is it going to make to a museum visit having your todger out? Here's the thing. The reason we wear clothes is because woman gave man apple. God got peed off. Keep your clothes on, heathens. <laughs> Activists did not hide their naked ambition to make further inroads for naturists. I've got a boner to pick with this story. Mm-hmm. Unlike the nude London restaurant, the Bunyadi, which like opened briefly in 2016, the Sada brothers kept their clothes <laughs> on as they served customers. Oh, it's one ah. rule for them, another rule for everyone else. Les pervers. Les pervers. Les pervers. Our role is to put people at ease, said Stéphane. Oh, yeah, yeah sure it is. Dirty pervert. There we go. Who insisted French law demanded they stay dressed? Oh, it is the law, it is not my fault. Um, as soon as customers enter the dining room, we accompany them to their table and we reassure them that it is not like the whole room is looking at them. Just us! No, looking at them, he told Agence France Presse as it opened. The restaurant's black chair. Oh, the rest, black chair covers, are you sure? I, I mean, that's just like so gross. Are discreetly changed between sittings with diners shielded from prying eyes outside by a heavy in white case curtain. Someone's got a dirty bum hole. While news of the closure sent a chill through the French naturist world, campaigner Cedric Amato said the restaurant was ahead Frederick of its time. Frederick is a tomato. Cedric that was, that was lazy. Frederick is a tomato. I didn't say anything like what the lady said. <laughs> it may have been a little early for an all-round nudist establishment in Paris, he told Agence France Presse. I ate there many times. It was very good. But the fact it was in a residential area and did not have a terrace for good weather counted against it, he said. Oh, they want to go outside! Steam around, we're now on. Oh, Naturel will draw the curtain on nude fine dining in Paris in February after a little over a year, despite rave Good. reviews. I'm glad it's closed down. People like that need to be taught a lesson that they're, what they're doing is sinning. They're dirty sinners and they disgust me. Isn't that right, Dion? Yeah, good evening. I thought he was having someone else on first. No, well, they bot- Derek bottled it. Yeah, good evening, Ian, Catherine. Are you naked, Dion? Uh, no, I'm lying in bed. It's nice to have the bed to myself. Yeah, too much fanny. What? Yes, mate. You've got to give. You've got to give little Dion a little rest. Otherwise, he's gonna. He's just gonna turn his no, turn his nose down at it. Let him have a little rest. You got to let the um, the rabbit. The dog, you gotta let the dog, the hound sniff the hair. So just let right. them have a little rest. Oh, Invite the ladies back in and you get on with your rumpy pumpy later on in the year. Congratulations. When was the last time you were naked, Dion? Um, I suppose this morning. Well, yesterday morning, there. And what were you doing? Having a shower. Dirty boy, clean boy. Dirty boy, then clean boy. Hmm. Um, when was the last time you were naked? Uh, it was this morning I had a shower in, I've got to say, since I've had my new boiler put in and since he's had a little adjustment to my waterworks, my 
original shower in my ensuite, which was never very powerful. Man, it's powerful. It's not as hot as it was, but it's more powerful. And that is great news for my for the spots on my back. Oh, yeah. that's right. It's great news. Those guys... Why do you get one of them scrubbers on a stick? Um, because I don't like to call women scrubbers, Catherine. Oh. I call them... Well, you just said fanny. <laughs> didn't he, Dion? I didn't. It was on about... Um, didn't say... Seafood to look like. Yeah, exactly. I was talking about fanny pie. Uh, <laughs> I yeah, did not say fanny in reference. I did not say what you think I said, Catherine. And I, I, I think you did. I, I think you literally said no. too much fanny. Uh, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. That is fake Sam? news. Yeah, you did. No, I didn't. Sam's an idiot. Sam, can you clip that? Oh, Dion, did I say that or not? Uh, can't remember you. There we go. Dion is... Uh, Dion, if I you think that, Sam, I'll clip your fingers <laughs> and I'll send them to your mum. Dion's mom. blanking it out. It's that bad. No. You, you, what you're doing, Catherine, is libelous. Yeah, uh, anyway. OK, now you're saying it. Say it again. What did I say? I was going to talk about Can you clip bike. her saying it, Sam? Thank you, mate. Yes, yes, Dion. Yeah, I was going to talk about motorbikes. Yeah. You were talking about them. I okay. I do like motorbikes, but they don't like me. Oh, what happened? You try... You're not one of those people that tries to have sex with the exhaust, are you? Because some people do. Um. Oh, he's not saying no. Must be painful. Yeah. No, I, no I'm being serious here. I... I do like them. I'm thinking of getting one. You know, a small troll bike, something like a 125. I thought you were, um, um, agoraphobic. Well, it doesn't mean I can't ride a bike. I just don't like crowded areas where there's too many people or... No, I thought you said... I don't make a thing of it. You said you couldn't go out. You couldn't go to even go to the shops because you couldn't be outside. No, you weren't listening properly. You weren't there. I was talking to Catherine. I was at home listening because I was playing Spider-Man. I remember it very, very well. I... I don't like going to a pub that's busy or, say, a concert or public transport. Oh, OK. I don't like where there's too many people near me. I get oh, OK, because I thought you said you couldn't go to the shops because you couldn't go out. No, I don't go to a supermarket or anything. Right. You said, I, I thought you said you couldn't go to the door. doctors. I remember you saying you couldn't go to the doctors. No, I can't do things like that. No. I booked in for the doctors. Going to get um, every, every part of me checked out. Uh, I don't mind having a finger up my bum. I, I'm I'm doing it right now, um, and I I'm I'm up for it. Check me out. I want to live to be 109. Check me out. Touch it. Prod it. Well, I'm I'm 60 at the end of the month, and I never thought I'd live this long. No, but there you go. And I'm job. still pretty good. Yeah, still pretty fit. Yeah. And that's it. And that's and that's what it's all about. And I hey, want to. Yeah. I want to live. Forever. I want to live. I want to live. I embrace life. I do, but I don't want a miserable life. I oh, enjoy no, no, no. Life. If I have a miserable life, I want to die. <laughs> if I get ill, I want to die. But right now, I want to live. And I, I want to experience and taste and smell and touch and lick and pollinate and all do right, all okay. these right. wonderful, we, we the idea, yeah. wonderful things. Strip. Um, and, spit and on. Get, and get a motorbike. Examine with all right, a, okay, all right. Yeah, we get a, a it. A telescope, yes, okay, up really close. What? I want to um, take samples. <laughs> I want to ride. Just let him say it, Dion, and then it'll stop. I want to mount. Okay. So, I, mean, I want to insert. All right, all right okay. In. I want to intrude. Right. Anyway, I've had a good night because Tottenham won. That's great news, Dean. I'm really glad to hear it. Across the UK, online and on DAB. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. 0344 
499-1000 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. This is, um, well, the switchboard is empty. I think we'll do last 30 minutes. It's been one of those shows. Call straight to air. Um, you can call it. By the way, we, we've been blindfolded all night. You didn't. You didn't like the blindfold <laughs> no, experiment no, because I'm perpetually. I mean, as it is working with you, um, we have got this ongoing thing where I get ambushed. Yeah, and um, so I continually fearing attack. And so to be in a studio with you yeah. when I can't see and when during the breaks you're not speaking is yeah. quite frankly terrifying. I. Well, okay. Well, then you're gonna. Okay. Well, then the the next bit of news is gonna astound you and probably upset you, but I want you to keep silent. Bef- I don't. I don't want your knee jerk reaction. I want your second reaction. I propose we make every Monday hashtag bird box blindfold Monday, where we wear blindfolds, because. I think it was the greatest bit of radio we've ever done in my life. I thought it was charming, thought it was insightful. Don't I don't want the knee jerk reaction. No, I want the me. second reaction, which is the one where you agree with me. No, here's the thing, right? Let's keep it special. Yeah, Let's so we just do it, it the once way a it week. Was. Yeah, exactly, no. once a week. No. On Monday. Let's not do that. Yes. No. Okay. So no. Okay, we're doing that. So my first reaction is no, and my second reaction is definitely not. I would like to hear your third reaction. Absolutely no effing way. (laughs) I'm going to take a punt. Could I please hear a fourth reaction? You can take your punt and stick it right up where the sun don't shine, and Mm. when you get it as far up as it will go, you might see my answer, tiny letters, no. Could I be so bold? No. Sixth? Okay, right. Ah, okay, the, brilliant. No, We're in. Thank you, Catherine. Of, on right. the end of the tiny no, yes. get your telescope out that you want to examine things close up with, which is ridiculous because telescopes are for looking at things that are far away. Yeah, exactly. That's what makes it so vulgar. Oh, hang on a second. So you're going to insert it. So insert it. With a light at the end. Okay, put the light on the end. Yeah. Look on the end of the O, the top, tip of most of the top of, mouth, t- top of, most of the O, and it will say... What's that noise? It'll say bugger off. What's that noise? I don't know. Is that, should be quiet. It's your bottle! Come here! It's screaming. Let me out! I'm water, please don't drink me, I don't want to be wee. <laughs> I don't want to be wee again. For the eighth time? Yeah. That's Kath's water bottle Think screaming. Think of all the people it's been through. Let's go going! It's because it knows I'm going to drink, I'm going to neck please, it. Please, no! Stop complaining and get in my belly! I used to be somebody! I'm a human being! <sighs> 0344 Shut up. is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. You'd be very, very welcome to. Call straight to air last 25 minutes of the show. Um, if uh, that's what you want to do. Have you got any stories? Yeah. Anything? Have you? I've got a really confusing psychological story. Oh, well, I'll allow About me why to... we call each other baby. I've, we've talked about this before. Go on, what do you think? Well, because when you know, I'm in love with... When you're in love with someone, you call them baby. Why? Because you are in love with them. It's just a nice thing to say. It's a bit weird, though, isn't it, really, when you think about it? Yeah, you know, what you do is when you're in love with somebody, you say, hello, baby, and... Oh, look, look, um... I look like... Our attachment to the first people who do held I, us. Do I look like that person? There was a look of you, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a... Sex offender. <laughs> Alleged. 
Yeah. Our attachment to the first people who held us, rocked us, enjoyed us and told us we were wonderful. That's surely why during really good lovemaking you feel in touch oh. with your deepest, oh. most valuable self. Yeah. And that's what you We have talked about this before. I, and it is weird that you're someone you're having sex with. Oh, yeah. <laughs> baby, baby. It's like you wouldn't go, oh, oh, toddler. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. God. Oh, yeah, child. Oh, child. Maybe. Yeah, but some women oh. do do the whole daddy thing, don't oh, they? Oh, teenager. Oh, it wouldn't say that. Um, yeah, the daddy, the daddy, the daddy thing, thing is weird. Um, yeah, let's just try it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, stop it! Mm. No, come on. Mm. Baby, 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 baby. Oh, yeah, oh, baby, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh baby. Mm. Yes, baby. Mm. Ooh, toddler. <laughs> Sorry, where did you go? Hello. That's it, baby. Oh, oh baby. Oh, yeah. Oh. 18 months old. What? Sorry, what? <laughs> it's weird, and it is a weird thing. I'm, I'm, I'm making slightly offensive jokes, but we have talked about it before, and it is a strange phenomenon that baby, you associate with a baby, but it's also it is a term that is used during sex. But it's not, nothing, it's not meant... The, the daddy thing is a different thing because that is some kind of role play that would... Imp- it, I, I think it's about... Right, I think it's it's weird to me, but baby or daddy, the daddy thing. Oh, but the daddy's a role play. Thing. The daddy thing is actually just a kind of submissive thing, isn't it? Yeah, daddy, make him feel powerful, and I, then. Well, I think for some it is. I think for some it is possibly there is a a, a thing a thing for for wanting to have sex with a dad with their dad. Yeah, no, I know, I know. I'm not I'm not saying that lightly, and, and I don't. I hope that, you know, I'm sure actually there probably is offensive to a lot of people. Um, I hope it's not triggering, but um, no, I'm sure there is some a minority of people to whom it's like there is a a, 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 a male thing for like nanny, nana, nanny. Mm. It's the nappy people. Yeah, nappy, but again, pe- nappy people are happy people. But it's the um... get the phone, Sam. What the hell are you doing? Biting your thumb. The phone is ringing. Get the phone. What the hell is wrong with this guy? I'll get the phone. Speak oh, it's straight to air. I do apologise, Sam. I'm so sorry. That's totally out of order of Catherine. Oh. You apologise to him. It's straight to air, Kath. I, like I said. Sorry, Sam. Oh, I don't know what's gotten into her. Sam, sorry, Daddy. Oh, God. I'm so- and I'm sorry, baby Sam. <laughs> Hello, line one. You're on the wireless. Hello, is that me? Yeah. Uh, yes, it is. Hello. Yeah, you, you know he's talking about saying, like, baby and that. Is that not the same as people who are, like... Like the the women dressing up as schoolgirls—that's just as weird. Well, again, we've we have mentioned this. It, it the schoolgirls thing, the baby thing is more mainstream. Yeah, uh, the schoolgirl thing I get, actually, to a certain extent, right? Because listen, a, a, a woman in a short skirt—that's kind of sexy, right? But we, yeah, we no, I, I agree with that. Like, but, but we were all genetically programmed to, at some point in our life, be sexually attracted towards schoolgirls. Yeah, but not when you're 47. Well, no, of but course you, not. But you know that that's a woman. Yeah, well, yeah, I know that. So, so trying to sort of, like, dress them up as a child is a bit wrong. Do well, know, no, I, I, again, I've struggled with it, but actually I'm, I'm kind of all right with it. It's not my thing, but I'm kind of all right with it because... Um, because... 
I don't see it as, as, as a substitute for actually having sex with, let's say, a 14-year-old girl. I see it as harking back to the, the kind of first sexual stirrings when you are 12, 13, 14, and you are generally um, sexually aroused by, if you're a, a, a heterosexual guy, by schoolgirls, and if you're a heterosexual girl, you're aroused by schoolboys. That's not the same thing as driving along at half past three and checking out actual schoolgirls, yeah. do you know what I mean? No, I get what you're saying. Like, listen, but, listen. Know, if it was the other way, if it was the other way around, then I'd I'd have a tie that was like two inches long, a load of spots. <laughs> not not to brag, not to brag. I've only been lasting thirty seconds. <laughs> well, yeah, I know, I, I know. Well, but do you know what? You've just imagined it. There's someone in the world who would like that. But also, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Maybe it I is. I suppose you've got a number, haven't you? <laughs> no, I'm afraid not. Maybe that's it, though, because at 40, I've got tricks. I mean, I was a virgin at 15, but I've got tricks that I certainly never had as a teenager. Um, and maybe that's it. You've, you know, you've got... You, you, you go back to that era in your mind, but you've got the tricks and the skills of a grown... And the, the calloused fingers oh, God. of a grown man. And you're making love to a grown woman. The callous fingers, that's disgusting. Know, Thank you very much indeed. Well, you, you want to know how they're callous. <laughs> but, you know, women, bigger, older women in short pleated skirts, I, I can do that. That works for me. That works for me. I could have sex with a grown woman dressed up as a schoolgirl. I haven't. And I certainly wouldn't be going to seek it out. But I could, I, I, I could work. Could, but does it work the other way? Do, do... I went to school disco. Right. That was a thing I've when I was in my mid twenties, yeah. right? Um, and it was funny. It was funny because we would only really been out of school for about six years anyway. Oh. And actually, our mums all still had our jumpers, so we all had proper uniforms on. <laughs> oh wow! So okay. I was. That's how I found my friends. I looked for our school uniform, and that was a weird sensation doing that again and going, oh, there's the black jumpers." That's us. Um, I think we took it quite literally. We actually went as if we were like 14 year old and you know not kind of yeah yeah i'm the britney spears version of going to school we were regulation uniforms um <laughs> and but there was you know there were other people there who obviously knew what the score was with that thing and you know tying their shirts up and stuff and honestly i found it yeah i found it fun i thought it was fun and, and maybe that's part of the thing that in those environments it's funny you don't see so many of those school events anymore they're kind of the bit he was in camden right they were a bit called, was it at this camden assembly i don't think there's an assembly in camden yeah i drive past the, it on the way home electric ballroom no, it's got like a. It looks Coco. like a prefect badge on the outside of the. It oh, rings a bell. I don't know. But it's big late nineties, early two thousands. Um, but maybe that's partly it because it's a love. I do know that there is uh, because I've stumbled across it. There is pornography where it is um, a woman who's clearly in her twenties but is playing the role of a of a teenager. They always say they're sixteen or they're eighteen, but you kind of know. Right, they're supposed to be younger, and there is an older man. So, so there is obviously a, 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 that going on as well. Um, I don't know. The, the horses for courses. Well, yeah. Well, it's a, there is a weird thing there, you know, and whether or not it's right and it is something else, isn't what, it? What, 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 what do we know, guys, when it, can't, when it comes to get down to the nitty-gritty? What do we know? You're listening to Talk Radio. <laughs> 
After hours amusement for anarchists, air hostesses, and jet lag antipodeans. Can I covers? Can I crash on your floor? The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Oh, last ten minutes or so of the show. Um, before Paul Ross comes in, if you want to give us a call straight to air, thank you very much indeed. And again, apologies for that outburst, uh, Samuel. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Here's here's what we need today. Geeks get a first peek at tomorrow's must-have gadgets. Okay, the Consumer Electronics Show is the grandest tech event on the planet with offerings that could be the best thing since sliced bread, such as a machine that bakes and vends loaves. Huh? Other predicted hits include the Ovis hands-free suitcase, um, which follows its owner. No. Yes. No. Not use, a no. In the airport. What use, if it gets mixed up? Using built-in sensors to avoid passers-by. Google it. Ovis hands-free suitcase. Buyers will have to be pretty loaded as it costs £626. No, I like to keep my hands on my suitcase. No, no, I want to follow me. I want to follow me. Follow me! Suitcase! Bye! A smart suitcase. Can I buy it? <clears throat> okay. You going to talk? I'm looking at it. Oh, whatever. It's, <laughs> uh, it's like one of them golf trolley things. Yeah, that follows you. Yeah. Golf, golf trolleys don't follow That'll you. drive you nuts. What if everyone's got one? It'll be, it'll be like it, a... Crash. No, it won't crash. It avoids everything. Mm. Hello, line one. You're on the wireless. Jeez. Hello, Rochdale. You disgust me. You disgust me. <laughs> um, LG is a whole new angle on TV sets with its LG signature OLED R. A flexible, rollable screen. Oh, I've seen them. It curls into a base when not in use. Use. I saw I drove past a shop today, and it was a TV that becomes invisible when you switch it off. Oh, God! Can you imagine? Well, yeah. It's bad enough when you go. Where's the remote? Where's the <laughs> telly? Down the back of the sofa. Come on, buddy. I'll give you that. That is what I'm talking about. That's why I work with you. That's why um, I get paid the big bucks, yeah. so that I can... I can st- you can steal my ideas. Yeah. No, it, um, it, so what I, think it, what I think it does... I was driving, I'm sure I drove past it. So what I think it does is it, it must have cameras behind it so that when you turn it off, it displays what's behind it. Yeah. So it looks transparent. Is that the one? You can stick know. it on the wall and it, looks, and it just looks like the rest of the wallpaper. Yeah, sure, why not? I've seen one that looks like a mirror. Well, no, that's different. that's different. I've seen, you know, so there's all these ideas. No, no. Why don't, just don't <laughs> hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, Kath, hang on. <laughs> Kath's running out of steam. So it's all these ideas. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying uh, is... Where to go with the what's, what's wrong with the, te- with the normal telly? Yeah, so I find it's it all weird. these ideas. I still find it weird that there's no box on the back of my telly. Oh, God, they're so light, aren't they? <laughs> and cheap. My, my telly's 50 inches. I can pick it up by myself. <laughs> you just sit on a cheap. I remember I had like a, one of those big rectangular ones. Yeah. And I I, I bought it because when I bought my first flat and we had so we had like a spare room and I said we're turning this into a games room. So I bought a three hundred and fifty quid like big widescreen TV and I got it up the stairs on my own and then I dropped it back down the stairs 
And um, it didn't work. So I took it back and I said, this TV doesn't work. And they said, did you drop it? I went, no. Down the stairs, no. Well, no, of course not. So they swapped it and I had another one, but it was weighed a ton. Yeah. You could lift them up yourself. Yeah. Crappy speakers, though. Yeah, yes. but the telly's now got crappy speakers. You've no, got to buy... That's what I'm saying. All right. Well, could you go to buy, like, an extra bar or, you know, one of them soundbar well, the, things? the posh TV that we had in the living room had um, speakers on wires that you would put behind yourself to have surround sound. But they were on wires and they had, like, little stands. And so you'd have <laughs> yes. it behind the sofa. And I spent so much of my time adjusting... The, to, to get the, you have to sit in the right spot and adjusting the speakers. Yeah, what if you, you want oh, to sit, there's a bird behind. Oh, what if you wanted to sit on the chair? Yeah, oh, rubbish actually. And I know a lot of people who, um, when they're like buying their first properties and stuff, would buy these big expensive TVs and they'd have the wires before it became Bluetooth. Then before we got rid of it, but have the wires and would then then have the wires put underneath the carpet so they integrated in. Never integrate speaker technology into your house. Because I remember going in like houses in the nineties, where in the sort of seventies they'd put, they'd like um, had speakers, but it, they weren't connected by wires. It was like you know when you go in, probably not now, but in old hospitals, and you'd plug in your these headphones that you'd got there into like hospital radio. It wasn't wired; it was tubes, mm-hmm. and they would pipe it. It was they were piping the music down to you. Through tubes, like blowing it through, and this was how a lot of these speaker technologies were done in houses in the seventies. It was it was just like piped. I seem to remember people having like speakers suspended from the yeah. like ceiling in that like, yeah. bracket. Um, Silly idea. If your speakers break, then what are you going to do? There is even a cat bowl. Oh, oh, this is good. This is good. Now, I need this with three cats now. The, uh, two of whom aren't talking to the other. No. There is a cat bowl that uses face recognition to lift its lid so only the family Moggy can feast. So you can have it programmed for each cat. And for lonely people without even a pet for company, cute robot Lovot. Oh, I told you about this the other week. Who adores Beery. Oh, jeez. That's <laughs> <laughs> disgusting. It's all a green screen, that man's face out. But it was yesterday, Paul! <laughs> It was yesterday. Oh, sorry. It's not today. It was this Today's motion as one. he came to <laughs> the, the claw. Also, I've taken this... this He's this got a flannel on his head. It's a cloth from the kitchen and it smells of curry. Oh, mate. Don't, well, it could have been worse. I'm, try, the, I'm helping you out. I'm trying. It's disgusting. Oh, that's, oh, oh. But that's now... No, don't bring it here. Now your whole head is going to smell like that. It's an improvement for me. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you hear we had Mike McCartney in? I was listening around there. Oh. I was... I was Overruled, and I think I sent you a little tweet that he oh, was his I, birthday I Monday, it. birthday Monday, and oh, it was um, oh the Phantom Flanvick John's birthday on Friday. Gorman, yeah, Gorman. John Gorman's yeah, birthday yeah. on Friday. What yeah. a lovely guest he was! What a charm! Oh, he was great. Stories. One of those guests oh, where this, they, oh, this is dirty boy, where they can speak for England, but also the stories are worth it. He he to cue Jimi Hendrix in, he yeah. had to tap him on the knee. He's yeah. still telling me stories as I put him in the cab. He's not nearly done. I, 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 and you, you, you know, he's obviously close. Uh, we weren't going to. I wasn't going to mention yeah. Paul. He brought up Paul, but he's obviously very close to his brother. You our know, kid, the, sorry, our, our kid. kid. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, for, dear, our kid. For a Beatles fan and for uh, a fan of sixties oh. and seventies music, that was. But for me, but that the minute was a you joy. mentioned, I thought you were Elton John's brother. He's got a story about Ridge. <laughs> He told him he'd change his name to Elton John while they were having a slash. 
<laughs> well, Ross, what is on your show tonight? Well, you've been mentioning the Consumer Export Show, which is a double title for one of the greatest, I think. I'm, I'm not a techno geek. I'm yes. not like you, you know, Ian. I'm not really into all that. But we went live to it yesterday on the program. Oh, you were there. Which is Brilliant. fantastic. And we've got an expert on it for uh, today for us, a guy called Scott McGrady. He's a great guy. Talking about just some of the weird and wonderful things that might be inhabiting our lives, including the belt that tells you when you've eaten too much. Right. Now, Sends a message to your phone. That's not the bladder monitor. That's called welt, this thing. The bladder monitor is going to be discussed as well. Also, I love the sound of. You've seen those um, Nespresso type coffee capsule machines? Yes. They've got one from Korea. I know you're not a drinker, but I am. For beer. Oi, dirty. It makes pale or lager, pale or lager, a pint about 40p. Can you imagine how many student homes would be having a whip round for that I, bad I boy would, for breakfast? On uh, the cornflakes, lager on the cornflakes. Naughty soda stream. That's what they should call it. That's a marketing this, this genius the, idea. The mo- also on display at the Las Vegas show is a discreet monitor that tells wearers when to pee by checking their bladder with ultrasound. I mean, I kind of know when I need to pee. Mm. I haven't been caught out very often no. for a while. No. I know when to How pee. How long? <laughs> what time is it? I mean... <laughs> um, I must admit, in this new place, I've still not quite worked out the toilet bowl location for ni- in the night. And I quite often stagger to the loo and tinkle, but I'm not hearing the splashing... Oh, so and I she's got carpet down as well. Yeah, there's carpet there. It's not great. It's I not... think when you get to my advanced stage, you realise in the middle of the night, seated. Yeah, yeah. if I sit down, I wake up, though. Hey, you Why, pee you in a the... somnolent fashion. <laughs> yeah, I do. What do you dream of when you're doing that? Well, I'm sort of awake, but I don't. I try not to open my eyes... Because I don't want to wake up. I so d- that bird box challenge was a breeze for you then. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, I, I, I try not to open my eyes because if I and if I were to if I were to pull my pajamas down, I've really just I've really got. You into, sleep in pajamas. I've really got into pajamas in the last couple of months. Yeah, I, I just you have a little my, folded hanky in the top pocket. No, I've not. But I've bought a full pajama set for the first time in like years. Like the kid out of the snowman. Oh, I love it. I'm really getting into it. I'm getting. I'm. I'm. I'm, in, I'm embracing approaching fifty. I see. You know what I see in your future? Yeah. Cravat. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've rocked a cravat before. What else have you got apart from uh, uh, gadgets? Well, we're going back to a story we covered last week um, about Rendlesham Forest and the UFO sightings in 1980, late December after Christmas. Yes. A new theory or a new suggestion emerged last week. Um, we've got the man to whom it was conveyed. He was always suspicious about it. The idea was it was a payback for what we know happened, a special forces invasion right. of the American base there to test it. They, those guys got caught. They got a bit of a battering yeah. from the Americans, and they were constantly told they were aliens, i.e. they shouldn't be on the base. Right. The theory is they were giving payback. The man who printed that has got real doubts about it, but he had something called, which is brilliant, only a year old, he's an academic from Hallam University, Sheffield, yeah. the Centre for Contemporary Legend. Oh. So we're talking about contemporary legends oh. on the show. We kind of know what they are, but they, they change all the time and mutate. That's and a great title. So he's interesting. And also we've got a bit of paranormal activity going on. We've got a woman who uh, broadcasts quite regularly for paranormal radio. And an awful lot of their output is something that's been actually experimented with since the Great War, which is about using, effectively, hearing things in white noise. Oh, was it e- EVP? Is that what it's Electronic that's, yeah, voice? That's what call it now, but I mean, I hadn't realised it goes all... W.B. Yeats experimented yeah. with it, because he was a big occultist, a big paranormal guy. So we're talking a bit, a bit about paranormal radio and the usual old tosh. Uh, yeah, I read a few books about it. I, I remember um, the Unexplained magazine, years ago, gave away, like, a flexi-disc. That old thing, everyone's into chat these days. <laughs> <laughs> and chat, it's fate. When's the new chat? It's fake coming out. Well, I've got February's in December, so I'm hoping You'll sometime get I'll get marches, marches in. Because those guys know the future. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Paul Ross is coming up after news. Thank you, Sam. Thank you very much, Catherine. Thank you to Mike McCartney. Look, I've got my science CD. 
Lovely, thank you very much indeed. Don't forget, podcasts are plenty. There's this, there is the uh, rabbit hole. I'll do Mike as a bonus Ma- tomorrow. Mike will go out as a bonus. Uh, there's the flicks capacity. There's loads of stuff you can go find. Google our names for crying out loud. Uh, stay tuned. Coming up after the news, it's Mr Paul Ross. You are listening to... There's no station like it. It's Talk Radio.